0: welcome to this week's edition i can here alongside my good friend and co-host travis krimz travis how we doing on this uh lovely winter day in January? Normal
1: weather normal, normal winter weather 25 30 degrees so it's good a lot of sports stuff happens so
0: sure are. Right. I yes we you know I, I might sprinkle some music in throughout the uh, oh. uh throughout the uh the podcast here this week uh like um like maybe this one coming up right about okay well you know how about we wait a second here uh so yeah good weather wise it's been uh absolutely fine there's no winter storms this week so that's nice and everything now for me is just pooping ah here we go let's let's uh just listen in for a second The Jackrabbits are champions of FCS. National champions in the football. They destroy I'm not gonna say destroy. They beat North Dakota State fairly handedly, 45 to 21 down there in Frisco. It is the program's first ever national championship at the FCS level, I believe first program title ever. So that is significant. I must admit, uh, you know me. I'm a bit of a the worry wart, and so I was worried throughout this whole game. You know, leading up to the game, and then when it got to be 28-7, it's like, okay, you know what? Let's not let them back in it. They give up a touchdown. It's like, oh crap! Uh, that 98, yeah, you know, that 99-yard drive. And like, ugh, let's let's hope something doesn't happen here. They get a pick later to kind of seal the deal. This is the matchup though that you wanted, and. SDSU delivered in the biggest of ways.
1: Yeah. Outside of their second drive of the game, they weren't stopped ever in this game. They, I thought it would be a little closer than this, but they just me them. them. I mean, Holy Cross was the toughest game they had in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they just... When you get to a championship game and you want a certain team to win, it's good to see them win like that. Georgia took it to the extreme, that was boring, yes, it was, but um yeah, I mean it North Dakota State never loses this game. they finally have they i mean they they don't give up this many points, they don't lose by three four touchdowns they don't they don't lose like this ever to anybody. It's been since we were in college or before we were in college that they've had a game like this, so. It is historic. It's the first one. No, no, nobody beats North Dakota State like that. Even the Jackrabbits who have beaten, beaten them four in a row now—they've all been close.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was complete domination. That was like if you're going to do this, do it like that. Beat the team that—that's your rival. Beat the team that's won almost ten of them. Yep. And then if you're going to make it. Memorable, make it really,
0: really memorable, and they did. Yes, they did. So, the, a few facts here, because you know, I, you you already heard, you know, the, or you're hearing, all oh, the excuses coming, you know, flying from Fargo about, oh, the, our team, you know, if we were full strength, it'd be a little different, and uh,
1: oh, maybe if SDSU had Tucker Craft, they also probably would have beaten Iowa, and would have been fifteen of zero. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, I think so.
1: Oh, um, so hey! If Mark Grodowski doesn't get hurt a year and a half ago, they probably beat was it James Madison or Sam Houston? Sam Houston,
0: yeah.
1: Sam Houston, and they would have won uh, two in the last three years. Yeah, so, that's uh, injury excuses for you.
0: Yes, uh, and you know what. There are some Bison fans out there. Like I was at a at a party and there was a Bison fan there and she was very nice about it. She really didn't care a ton, but she still wants her school to win, but she wasn't obnoxious or excuse making anything like that, and I respect those Bison fans. And there are plenty of facts to go with what happened in on Sunday in Frisco. One, there is no denying the fact that NDSU has nine championships and SDSU has one. Nine is greater than one. That's a, that's, that's a fact. It's something that SDSU is, should hope to aspire to become and win the, the same number of championships. But for right now, it's not. NDSU has that. But SDSU handed NDSU their first ever loss in Frisco. That's a fact that can never be taken away. They've also won their first national championship game against NDSU. That can never be taken away. And at least for now, they have more championships head-to-head against North Coast State when these two teams play in Frisco than the Bison. That will inevitably change over time. May change next year. May change the year after. Who knows? But for now, SDSU has that mark. And that's why this, this win feels so good. Good. Uh, apart from the fact that it's our first national championship in, what, school history, and everyone should be happy about that. The, uh, but this, the women
1: won in Division II.
0: I, I, you're right, I, yep.
1: I was that. Yes,
0: yep. And they won the WNIT last year, which I kind of, I, I view as a championship as well. I don't, I don't view do that as a championship. It, it's still, it's, it's still very significant. Um, yeah, they won, but that's not... It's not the NCAA tournament. Yep. But, with that all being said, this championship to me, this win, I know it doesn't equate to the same amount, but it feels like SDSU is a lot closer to nine than five. Like I put this as three or four national championships, maybe five, just because of who it was, the historic nature of it, and the fact that it's their first one. So I know it does. I know it doesn't mean we have five national championships, but it kind of feels that way. Like just being able to do it against the Bison, who have looked down upon SDSU, and I mean Bison fans more specifically, not the team per se. But it just feels so good to do it against them.
1: It would have been nice to have the Vikings win a Super Bowl. We agree on that. Yes. What if there, Few years ago, they would have won it all and they, and they had Case Cam. Yep. But they would have had a home game against Jacksonville. It would have been cool to win the Super Bowl, but how would that have felt? I
0: would have taken the I Super been, Bowl regardless. That been the, I thought about this
1: today. That would have been the ultimate way for the Vikings to finally win. They win, they, they win the Super Bowl in their home stadium against the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Yeah. That'd be the opposite of what happened to SDSU. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, and I mentioned this to... We'll have Charlie coming up later in the podcast. uh, And I brought this up too. This is... It, it's so different with SDSU beating NDSU because you can't beat your rival to win a national champion or like a, a, a championship in any professional sport because more than likely they're in you know the same division same conference you know and, and Minnesota it, they can't beat Green Bay in the Super Bowl they can't beat uh, Philadelphia or. New Orleans. You can beat them in route to the Super Bowl, but you can't necessarily do it in the Super Bowl. So that's why this is so cool that SDSU has beaten NDSU. And like you say, eventually NDSU will likely beat SDSU in Frisco. One of these. Oh, you, it's, it's not give them anything. Well, I, I would hope not, but I'm, I'm just. They got, they got a, uh, The Biden's gonna have to get back there first. So. That is so true. And SDSU, pretty much the entire team, is coming back. Apart from Tucker Craft, it's like, run it back, Like That is really cool to me. You have, of course, like the super seniors like Reese Winkleman and some of these other guys. But the majority of this team is coming back, and that is awesome.
1: They'll be the favorite. They'll be the number one team next year. Yep. They may, they may lose a game somewhere along the way, but we'll see how they do as,
0: as the favorite next year. But it's just, yeah, and they will be the hunted versus the hunter, and that's something that they won't that that they won't be used to. That'll be the Bison that are the hunters uh, next year. But again, it's just so cool because you can. It's one of the rare times where you play your rival for a national championship. Like Duke and UNC did it in the Final Four this past year, but it was in the it was in the semifinals. It was the Final Four. It wasn't to win the championship. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if UNC had beat Duke or vice versa? That school would hang it over the other school's head for eternity. And right now, at least SDSU has that. Yeah, you have eight more championships at the FCS level than than we do. But we have that first championship in our school history against you guys. And that will never, ever change. And it's just not that it's... A team that we follow or a team that we like, it's
1: that we went there and yes. we know some of the people involved. Yes. So it's it's cool to to see them to see them be a part of it even if they didn't even play or if they're a coach. Mm-hmm. I just saying like everybody wanted to win this for coach stake. That was the that was like the like the big thing. Sometimes it's a player, sometimes it's like a John Elway. Mm-hmm. You got a little bit of that with the Astros and Dusty Baker. They wanted to win it for him because he'd been around for so long. And this is this is like that for him. And he was like, he was kind of the main guy. Let's, let's win it for our head coach who's been here uh, basically his entire
3: career.
0: Yes. And, like, how, I mean, when you have a head coach that talks about his dad and life on the farm and everything in his, you know, in when they're congratulating him on winning a national championship, that that tells you the type of head coach that John Stiegelmaier is. I mean, and, I mean, holy nutmeg! He's so he's such a down-to-earth, good guy, and yeah, you have to feel happy for him, especially if you're a if you're a Jackrabbit fan. I get why Bison fans are a little salty and sore about this because you do lose, and you kind of feel. I'm not saying that this is the end of the Bison dynasty. But SDSU has clearly built something here that I think is sustainable. Not to the level of like back to back to back national championships, I don't think, because something can inevitably happen, injuries happen. But SDSU has, for years, been so close to winning the, this national championship, getting to this game that to finally get there and you look ahead and now, everyone's coming back. Like you don't, you don't always see that. Jalen Carter from Georgia. Minutes after Georgia beat TCU in the national championship on Monday, I said, "Yeah, I'm declaring for the draft." I mean, we had that with Tucker Craft, but you don't get that with a lot of this with SDSU. This is a very tight knit team, very family oriented, and they want to do it all for each other. And even you know some of the players I was uh, watching something with uh, with. Um,
1: Watching WrestleMania, and
0: then you yes. saw a thing that you like. Yes, yes. Um, but I was watching something with Matt Zimmer earlier this yeah. week regarding, you know, just that that f- you know all the old players, like the former players. Like, is there any sort of jealousy that you guys couldn't get there first? And like, no, we are just yeah. so happy for our for our football family, and that's something that you don't get, I think, at uh, certainly every program, but a lot of programs, I would imagine
1: unprecedented to, like, we don't know what, what's going to happen because as soon as North Dakota State got to FCS, they won. Yes. As soon as they were eligible to win these things, they have won them, nearly all of them, yes. for the last 12 years. So there's been a team here, a team here, James Madison has won. There was another team that won somewhere along the line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's it. So if South Dakota State wins two, That's something that's never been done in this current era of football like the last 15 years. Very good point. Very good point. So North Dakota State's been around for so long, it's been over a decade now, that people just don't win multiple titles under under their reign. Mm
2: -hmm. And you look at, you know, James Madison made the jump up,
1: and you've seen other teams that have been good make the jump up. Yep. To FBS and, you know, not that it cheapens it at all, but I like guess SDSU can, can rattle off another couple of these, mm-hmm. and like this was not this was not a very good North Dakota State team compared to what we're used to, mm-hmm. and they lost three times this year, twice to SDSU and once to Arizona in a very close game. Mm-hmm. And the first SDSU game, they probably should have won that one.
0: And I think you know the Bison fans or might try and take away from SDSU's joy with this win, like, oh yeah, we weren't very good this year, you know, you know, look at us, you know, next year, so okay, that that's fine, but you're still going to Frisco. There's still that championship pedigree that North Dakota State has. There's still the fact that they've been to Frisco time and time before and haven't lost. So you know, and I. So, like someone's saying, oh, well, you better watch out for Fargo South because we're going to invade Frisco. Oh, yeah. And I think there were at least 60% of that crowd at, uh, wearing blue and yellow as opposed to green and yellow. I think the the, the, the the Jackrabbits had the majority of the crowd there. They were certainly louder.
1: And that was surprising to pretty much everybody that it wasn't 50-50. Like when it comes to a championship, they show up. They won't show up for the... 10-degree playoff game, which I don't blame them anymore.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But Summit League, yeah, they're going to have 8 to 10,000 for a women's game. Men, they're going to – if they're playing USD on a Monday night, it's going to be a sellout, 12,000 people. Yep. And 10,000 of those are going to be SDSU fans. Yep. So when it comes to the big games, and this you – know, they're, they're from, I mean, this was in the spring. This is the first real championship game they've had in a normal season. They had 10,000 people there. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: that was very that was very impressive to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it says anything about the rest of the FCS. You got Montana State, who's good, and Carden Ward had a very good season.
2: Yep.
1: Sacramento State was a little bit disappointed in the playoffs. But it's like, like when when, and why and where does NDSC move up? Because there's nothing left for them to accomplish here. Mm-hmm. And my like James Madison had a excellent year. Sure did. You know, in the, in the Sun Belt, and would have been bowl eligible if stupid rules weren't around. Yep. And they were one of the better. They've been teams eligible for their conference
0: championship.
1: If yeah, the rules they, they, they go up a level, and they're immediately the best team in their conference. And I guess do you see what makes it more remarkable is that they were not very good at all in Division Two. Mm-hmm. They were just. Like seven and four was a good year. Yeah, they were about they were, they were about as average as you could get twenty years ago, and somehow they move up a level, and they get better. They get better. They get better, and a lot of money was spent. And they, I mean, every year now they have it seemingly a uh, guy that gets drafted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: NDSU's gotten that. NDSU now has, it seems like every couple of years they have a first-round pick.
0: Yep. Now
1: SDSU's regularly having a guy or two every year or two yep. get drafted pretty high. So. Well,
0: they're tight end U, almost. Certainly really? they're the, the model uh, school for tight ends at the FCS level, because Tucker Craft is, you know, when you see the number two rated pr- tight end prospect by, was it Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay, I don't care whichever one, That's significant. We remember Dallas Goddard got drafted within the top 50 picks. When he went, he was widely considered to be maybe the top overall prospect at the tight end position, and he slid a little bit. Maybe, I I don't know if Tucker will get drafted first round. I think that's awfully high. I doubt that will happen. But I think you're looking at an early day two pick there, and he... (laughs) It, it was just very surprising. He wasn't really utilized all that much in this game. I think he had, what, two catches? Maybe three? It's the the what, as good as he is, it's the weapons around him. Isaiah Davis and Amar Johnson both with over 100 yards and at least one rushing touchdown. Gronkowski with three touchdown passes and a 51-yard touchdown scamper. Jackson Yonke a couple of touchdowns. This was... I mean, and, and the Yankee Twins are coming back. Like I said, like everyone is coming back because they want to do this again. And I, and part of that is maybe you don't have the, the, pro, uh, the, the, the pro, either the pro aspirations or you don't really have that that draft stock. So what, if you have that extra year of eligibility and you know you wouldn't get drafted or make it to an NFL camp, why not stick around and try and win another championship? Like what? What's it going to hurt? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, you know, you get that taste, then you want it again. And I think that I don't worry about SDSU being complacent coming into next year because all of these guys are coming back for that purpose.
1: Martin Granowski was MVP. And both running backs had over 100 yards. Lamar Johnson, he was excellent. Yes. and the first chance, you've had a chance to see him healthy. And you go from Pierre Strong and guys they've had before him to Isaiah Davis and now Lamar Johnson. I mean, he looks like
0: he's going to be really good. Yes. And what did I they get that wide receiver from, uh, what, Sioux Falls Jefferson or whatever? That wild kid? Wilde, is that? Uh, Wildy yeah, Griffin, Griffin Wilde. Yes. He's, he's, good. he's a hell of an athlete. There's wow, a, a coming quarterback home. coming in from Texas who's supposed to be really good. People were shocked that, they, that the Jackrabbits were able to pry this quarterback from the state of Texas.
1: I thought the MVP of this game was the offensive
0: line. Yes. Yep. 6 of 5 hubs. You
1: know, Gronowski's a right quarterback. And, I mean, these running backs had so much time. So much space.
0: You get a third and seven with Amar Johnson and he, da- hit and he runs for 18 yards. Like, Who, who decides, hey, we're going to run it here on a third and seven?
1: That was a big play. Once that happened... And, you know, North Dakota State, like, why are they so good? Well, they got all these linemen, and
2: mm-hmm. they
1: love to run the ball. And their quarterback is, just does just enough Yep. to get things done. And that, uh, I mean, they couldn't move the ball at all. They couldn't run the ball. They they passed it a little bit, but not enough to matter.
0: I was a little disappointed by the secondary early on because Cam Miller was making these completions. And, like, this guy had only one completion against Incarnate Word, and SDSU's defense is better than the Word. So, I was a little disappointed that Cam Miller was having this much success. And to your point on the offensive line, like, SDSU kind of modeled their recruiting and their building of their football program after NDSU, which is a testament of just how good NDSU has been.
1: And you give maybe NDSU a Liberal credit with them being in the same conference, with them being your rival. They weren't a team... From the Northeast, and you were a team halfway across the country that you had to compete with. Mm-hmm. Where you would maybe see them in the playoffs every year. No, like you had to play them every year in the conference. You had to beat them just to win your conference.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then you would get in the playoffs. And the only way you were going to win a national title is you would have to beat them yep. because nobody else would. So you had to beat them twice this year. I don't know the last. I forgot to look that up. Who's the last team to beat North Dakota State twice in a season? Oh, oh, that's a. I looked up. Last time they gave up this many points, I think it was two thousand five.
0: This is the most points they've ever allowed in a championship game. I think this is what the most points scored in an FCS championship game in a while.
1: Yeah, at least in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, and then it's the, the biggest margin of victory they've had in like another 13, 14 years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this this was a historic victory on on multiple fronts, man. Yes. A lot of people, a lot of people excited about
0: it. As well they should be. I mean, this, you see what, um, I, I saw a press conference with uh, Coach Johnston, uh, with AJ earlier this week too, and he said that that can spread to the other programs because they, they root for the success of others. But when you go on recruiting trips, like, okay, well, how is, you know, are you just a good women's basketball school or are they, what's the level of success like within the athletic department? Well, we can point to this like hey, we have an FCS National Championship now. We you know, our men's team has won the Summit Leagues, yada yada yada, our men's cross country. Like everyone has a lot of they just have a lot of success right now brewing within that building and this will only help that. That's what AJ thinks and I will take his uh, I'll take his word for it.
1: What was I gonna say, Let's see. I don't know what I was
0: gonna say. It's just wonderful. It, it is just wonderful that they that. Oh, I was won. gonna say, I, I, once AJ
1: and Sieg are gone, like that's the end of an era. Yes, because they were still here in the division two days, mm-hmm. and Scott and Nagy left, and Eric Henderson's fine, but once and. Uh, well, I mean, something we didn't talk about, oh, hopefully, hopefully the coaches come back. Mm-hmm. The players are going to come back, Will the coaches come back. Well, Everybody seems to think mm-hmm. that Jimmy Rogers is the guy in waiting. Yep. And Stig is 65 years old. I th- and I would say if, if they win him next year, he'll probably call it a day.
0: I would agree. I think he comes back for at least one more year.
1: Because, you know, Zayas, this is pretty fun. We could probably do this again. Yep you got a really good shot to win another one. May as well win another one.
0: Can you imagine if they can keep both Luan and... I mean, they lost their wide receiver coach to USD this week, uh, Davis. Uh, he He's going to be their offensive coordinator. And that sucks because you're losing another good guy. You lost Jason Eck last year to to Idaho. But if you could keep Luan and Rogers together, both of these guys are young and they know the program inside and out, like that would be huge if if you pass the reins down, if they can just hold off. I mean, Luan is the youngest coordinator, I think, at the FCS level, one of them. And, you know, certainly one of the youngest coordinators at in, in college football. What, he's only 26, 27? And Jimmy Rogers is our age. And, you know, for them, that was the big question mark going into this year. I think it wasn't the players. It was, okay, you've lost your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator, how are these first-time coordinators going to handle everything? And they were spectacular all year long. And, you know, and it took a little bit. It was some uh, some growing pains for Luan and Granowski early on, but... They grew, in. I thought Luan's game plan against the Bison in the championship game was spot on. The runs were great. I mean, it looked Isaiah Davis and Amar Johnson both scored on touchdown runs that were identical. It was just on opposite. They
1: weren't touched. They weren't touched. fifty was a fifty-yard run, fifty-one-yard yes. run. He wasn't touched.
0: Yep, the 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 little fake run and then jump pass to Michael Morgan. The tight end. Hey, who's yeah. that? Who's thirty-four? Is that Zach Sender? Nope, it's not. It's Michael Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was great. So they mixed in the 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 trick plays and they worked to perfection for the most part. This was as as great of a game plan and execution of a game plan offensively as I can ever recall. Certainly from SDSU standpoint, but in a national championship game of that magnitude, it was. Practically flawless. And let's
1: hypothetically say Jimmy Rogers leaves and he goes somewhere else to be a defensive coordinator at a higher level team. Mm -hmm. Maybe on the West Coast. Um, Maybe he spends a year there and they call him back and say, hey, you want to be our head coach now? Maybe that would be better... Better for him is to get that experience at a higher level. Sure. So, hey, well, he would be the defensive coordinator at a Pac-12 school.
0: And don't you think he would do that in a heartbeat? If he left, he would come back to to be named yeah. head coach? I think so. And
1: then you go back and, oh, I can take over the best FCS team. Yeah, I could probably do that. Spend, you know, a few years there. And if you're successful, then you can maybe become the head coach at the, the FCS level.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so. just everything was great. About that, I, like I said, I was a little nervous after that 99-yard drive, but because so much clock got. And why? Let's let's just ask the question here. Why, if you're NDSU, do you kick the extra point there? That was a. I don't know. Did they miscalculate? Did they think, oh, we have a better chance of scoring two touchdowns and a field goal here to tie the game up uh, throughout this fourth quarter? That to me was a very dumb decision to not try and go for two. There after that 99-yard touchdown drive.
1: There wasn't enough time to do that.
0: And you weren't
1: weren't stopping the other team's offense. So it's not like you're all of a sudden going to get three stops that you would need. Eight, eight and eight is 24. Mm -hmm. Doing seven, 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 and three, that's an extra possession. And we talk a lot about going for two and going for fourth downs. When that happens, that's the ballgame. Like, you, this was your final shot to make it a 16 point game to pull off an amazing comeback. And I don't know if anybody asked him about it. Ultimately, it didn't matter. But hopefully, somebody up there asked you, what, what did you decide to kick that extra point for instead of going for two? Because if you're going to, if the only thing you could say is, oh, I like our chances of scoring three times instead of two. Like, no, like that's you, you weren't scoring any points at all.
0: You scored four times the entire game. So, three, yeah, only only three, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah it was uh, three touchdowns. Yeah. you, it was a again, like, it's like these football coaches are not smart just because you're a big time football coach on a really good team, or even if you're not, even if you're a NFL coach on an NFL team, I think you're pretty stupid. Like, how many times do they have to do something ridiculously awful and as much time as they spend and as much as they ruin their lives because this is the only most important job in my life mm-hmm. i got to spend from fucking four in the morning to midnight looking at film of a goddamn Cleveland Brown defense <laughs> uh, to break this shit down just to say, I, I don't know what I'm doing at the end of these games. Like, it should be flawless. If you're spending that much time doing shit, uh, you shouldn't make
0: mistakes like this. No. And you know, it's not like they had scored with seven or eight minutes left to go in the third quarter. If that's the no. case, then I understand that. And I'm I'm very if if I were a head coach, I would play somewhat conservatively and I would I wouldn't chase points. Like I'm just gonna take what the defense gives, okay, if I get three points, that's fine. We'll see if we can score a touchdown next time. I'm not gonna try and go for it on fourth down from like the ten when I could and fail to get it when I have an easy three points there. I'm not going to do that. But in this case, you're down three scores and you're in the final quarter. Why wouldn't you try and go for two? What's the Okay, if you if you fail to make this if you fail to get the two-point conversion, well it's 38 to 20. So you still need a two-point conversion and a touchdown with an extra point and a field goal to tie. Big what like I, I just don't understand. Or is he thinking, like, oh, we don't have a two-point conversion play call in our in our repertoire? Like, I, I, I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense. And when they when they did it, because I was saying to my buddy there, I was like, okay, they're going to go for two. We'll see what happens here. And, you know, if it's a two-possession game, I start to get a little worried again. They kick the extra point. I'm like, okay, three possessions? Like, I don't think they're going to score three touchdowns here in the final 13 minutes. I could be wrong, but that's that to me doesn't make any sense when you could have made it a two-possession game.
1: Also, something that didn't make sense to pretty much anybody was why this game was on a Sunday at 1 o'clock.
0: Dumb. Just dumb. Um, like, week 18, there wasn't...
1: Honestly, to me, there really wasn't a whole lot at stake with a lot of these NFL games. No. No. Like the, the Giants sat their guys It was a very important Game for the Eagles And it turns out They didn't even Need to win Because Dallas Shoot the bets Up fierce
0: Yes they did But that was and, a, That was at 425 That was still Two and a half hours Before kickoff Of
1: the FCS And they had A bunch of AFC Like with the 7C It's like Alright what 9 and 8 teams Gonna get in yep. That's it. every it when, when, when baseball Has done this It seems like It's Kind of worked, even though I don't like it. It's like, mm-hmm. the Phillies got to the World Series as a sixth seed, and it's brought, I guess, some excitement and upsets to baseball. Mm-hmm. When it comes to football, no, the, the seven seeds never win. The seven seeds are awful, and it's, it's, it's unnecessary. I mean, the Vikings...
0: You mean you aren't excited but, for Skylar Thompson going up to mm-hmm. Buffalo this weekend? I mean...
1: Like it's it's you know, Miami had a nice year, their quarterbacks hurts. We don't need to see the Dolphins in the playoffs. They're just not good enough, especially right now, mm-hmm. uh, to deserve another. And if New England would have got in, it's like, yeah, they're kinda of so so. And I mean, that I Vikings I Bears have game have
0: is a preseason game. Yeah, I so. don't have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh out of those three teams is currently constructed right now, would have the best chance to win a game.
1: And also on the NFC side, it's the uh, Detroit Lions who are playing pretty good. We'll mm-hmm. talk more about that in a second. Yes, we will. But really, that was uh, the ESPN decision, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Terrible. Um, they just over a million viewers, a million 70,000 viewers is what it was, which is a little bit lower than what it usually is on a Saturday on ESPN.
0: Don't you think that the majority of that, if you're going to take away from any team, what? it was probably taken yeah. away from the Vikings?
1: Yeah, and it was good that the Vikings game really didn't matter. Yep. Because you watch that for an hour you're like, all right, hey, they might actually win a game by a couple touchdowns. And they did.
0: And they did.
1: And when the second half happened, it was like, oh, I got Nathan Peterman, they got Doyle, they got, uh, got Nick Mullins in there. Now, yeah, this game is, is – is, we don't need to watch this game anymore.
0: And what – Yeah, go ahead. The,
1: the perfect time slot would have been noon on Saturday – uh, but they say, Oh, we had these NFL games. We had the Chiefs and Raiders and then and the pregame was gonna be at two thirty. How how in the world could we have made that work?
0: Why don't we start the game at eleven thirty? Run it till three. Start it at eleven, 11. start
1: at eleven thirty. Start the thing at noon. Uh these FCS games for whatever reason don't go seven and a half hours like most college football games do. Right. At a higher level. This game took barely over three hours. It was three hours and five minutes maybe.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what they're being nearly 70 points scored. So they could have been, it's could have been a noon start. Could have went up to three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to listen to the hour pregame show about a meaningless Chiefs and Raiders game on ABC. You could have it on ESPN, whatever you want to do. Um, watching the, the, the national title game, the the big one, there was a thing on the clock. It started at six forty-five, which is a nice early start.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they got the one of my pet peeves is oh, this game's going to start at seven oh seven. This yes. game's going to start yep. at uh, at six eighteen is when this game's going to start. Okay, and if it's going to start in that time, I'm okay with that. But of course. Uh, They say, oh, 6.30 starts, 6.30 kickoff. Reese Davis lied to me, to my face. Then I knew he lied when he said it. Oh, we're 28 minutes to kickoff. A little counter in the uh, the top corner. It is 6.02. So that means, Reese Davis, this game is going to start with the foot on ball at 6.30. No, it did not. It was 6.45 before this game started. So what is the point of the countdown clock counting down to 6.30? When I know and they know, this game ain't gonna start for another fifteen or twenty minutes. Preach, preach. I stupid. Yep. We don't need. We already had two to three hours of pregame shit for a game that was the same. Start the thing at six thirty. Start your pregame festivities at uh, six fifteen with your anthem and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So one guy complained on Twitter. Oh, it's on the West Coast. I'm at work. I can't watch this. Take the fucking game. 4.30, 4.45 your time, and you can come home, and if you care enough, you can watch it.
4: And
1: with how long these games take, you'll be well caught. You could, you could start this game an hour after it started, and you would most likely be ready to go by the start of the second half.
0: I was a little surprised by the kickoff time for the national championship on Monday night, oh, not to lie, because well, it, it's normally later. Like, why would it be later in the East? With it, like when they're playing out in the eastern time zone, but earlier on the west doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but just I I agree, I think you you have to put the FCS championship game on that Saturday leading up to the um, that first ABC ESPN uh uh, game, week 18 game, because that's going to get you more eyeballs. Because guess what, if someone is tuning in for Chiefs Raiders and they, they turn it on a little earlier, they might stumble upon the, the last f- 10 minutes of Jack Rabbit's Bison or whoever's in it. And like, oh, let's watch this championship game. How, that's going to generate more eyeballs. You aren't going to take away from the NFL. So a very poor, poor job by college football, by the NCAA, by ESPN. Whoever made the decision, whoever agreed on it, very very poor poor decision on their part but yeah you think these people are smart because they're
1: uh, they're the head of massive billion dollar companies and they make tens of millions of dollars a year no
0: i don't i don't believe i missed an infomercial for the shark back or something like that like what or an educational show for kids that can wait you can put that on another time like what would you have... I, I tried to look. I don't know what ABC had on Saturday at 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. or noon, but it couldn't have been anything significant. No, oh. Or in a, if there was a WNBA playoff. No, they aren't even playing right now. So what could have been on ABC? Oh, was it college basketball? Throw them to ESPNU. I, like, who cares right now? Like,
1: Start that football game at 345.
0: Whatever. it's just... Just it was dumb. Uh, I will say the I thought the the, the broadcast crew was very good. Roy Philpot Jay Walker, Paul Carcatera. I didn't. I don't. Charlie thought uh, Paul Walker was on. Right. I think
1: mean, yeah. Jay Jay Walker.
0: Jay Walker. Yep. I don't like. He's done games
1: in the past, and I don't. Charlie thought he sucked. Something years.
0: I guess. I, I didn't. I didn't really hear much of the guy.
1: Heard some of it, but I don't think they messed anything up too badly. Mm-hmm. Is this finally? The thing that needs to put them over the top of, hey, we're South Dakota states. Yep. Or I mean, just just think of North Dakota states. We're the team south of them. We're like them, except you say south instead of north. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. So think of North Dakota states. If you're thinking of South Dakota state, there's a state named pretty close. Uh, it's basically the same name, just a slight variation on the directional vicinity of it.
0: Do that instead
1: of place in
0: Southern California well very. Uh, just congratulations again to the jackrabbit football test South Dakota State to Jackrabbit fans and alums everywhere uh, my wallet is taking a significant hit you remember me I I, I ponied up a lot You're of cash at the shirt. At the shirt for
4: cash.
0: Uh are you getting a championship hat I'm
1: gonna get that jacket at that 200 you see that200 jacket
0: out there I did yes you I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting that oh you oh wait
1: I'll wait probably in five years and pick one up and I had a good one.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a few things here. I mean, I was trying to be good, but it, it, it's difficult. But yeah, we're we're purchasing a few national championship items because why the hell not? First one ever. If first one it it's it's against North Dakota State, so it's always going to be memorable. they uh, so. the
1: hats. They are, they are vaguely, have seen the hats. Not close enough. or they? Are they? They look like they're okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well. So. Shirts, yeah, shirts look like they're good.
0: Yep. So, awesome job. Very, we're just ecstatic for the Jackrabbits here. And uh, again, Georgia beats TCU sixty-five to seven in the uh, CFP national championship on Monday night. Any thoughts on that? I mean, Georgia, Stetson Bennett, four touchdowns in the first half, two passing, two rushing, six total touchdowns in the game. He was fantastic. TCU never had a prayer.
1: You feel like you, you fear that this might happen, and it did.
0: Yep. And I went to bed, and it was
1: like 45-7. And then I wake up, and it was like 65 points. My heavens. Five so
0: touchdowns I, and a field goal in the first half for Georgia. That's pretty efficient.
1: Yeah. But TCU, like, they didn't run the ball very often. Whenever they did, I thought they ran, they ran the ball pretty good. Yep. And they tried to pass, and they just couldn't. They had one long pass to kind of get them going to set up their
0: touchdown. But... I did think when like they Mac, made it 17-7, I'm like, okay, TCU's got know. a chance here. And then immediately Georgia just marched down the field and scored it. it was just never a contest after
1: that. Well, no. My Max Duggan only really didn't run like he's known to do. Mm-hmm. I and mean, if he wasn't going to run, that wasn't good.
0: Well, you're starting running backs out, too. So that's mm-hmm. that's not
1: good. What, what, what I didn't like is people were like, oh, yeah, this was a bound to happen. It's like, well, if we knew that, then everybody would have bet Georgia minus 13 to cover... The spread easily because they won by 50-some points. Like, well, that's not the way sports work. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, I thought Michigan was going to beat TCU and that didn't happen. And uh, things don't happen in sports exactly like you expect. I I hope that SDSU would blow out NDSU, and they did. And mm-hmm. than I said, a surprise. But for people to act like, well, of course, Georgia is so great. And they are. And, you know, TCU is a good, I mean. Well, then, you know, I mean, some people did pick TCU to win this game, mm-hmm. and you know, this happened. Good for Georgia. Uh, what is what next? Is next year the last year this this four team?
2: Yes, yeah,
1: so. Yep. So, so, I'm interested to see. Okay, um, Alabama. Where, where where do they fit in? they probably some people are saying, "Oh, they'll, they'll never miss the playoff again." Well, of course they will, because at some point they won't be a top ten team every year. So, I mean, Alabama will have a new quarterback. How do they stay alive? They have not have, have had to had an SEC team like this to contend with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn has had good years here and there, and then LSU has had a good year here and there, but they haven't been able to sustain it for that long. So you see what happens to North Dakota State, and you kind of see what happens to Alabama, and those two runs have kind of happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. We'll see what uh, what happens going forward, but you just feel like you know Georgia is a level or two above of everybody else, yep. and like when these games are played, Ohio State does well. I mean, they very easily could have uh, beat Georgia, and you feel like you know it's Michigan's maybe a step behind because they lose to TCU, and then TCU gets. Blown away. So it feels like the, the that that top team in college football is just so much better. Yes. Like what what LSU did a couple of years ago to to Clemson uh, when Clemson beat the hell out of Alabama a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that number one team is just really really good and nobody can really beat them.
0: Yep. And I feel like Georgia is taking that mantle from Alabama at least for now. I got to put Georgia in the in the CFP next year. I'm not even gonna. Question at Michigan, I'm kind of floating back and forth with uh USC. I'm definitely putting in, and then uh, it, it's kind of up for grabs. Like I like say Michigan's in there. I like LSU potentially to make a run. Notre Dame because now they have the punchable Sam Hartman. That's uh, Marcus Traxler's words. He's very punchable. Uh, yeah, he hates him for some Maybe another Pac-12 team. I think the Pac-12 is going to be the best conference in the country next year. Um, hold your ass, hold your ass, no, my heavens. I, I do. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson is coming back to UCLA. USC, under uh, the second year under Lincoln Riley. Bo Nix coming back to Oregon. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. Utah's getting Cam Rising back. You have five very solid teams. Now, hopefully they don't cannibalize on one another, but I think there's a very strong chance that you could have two teams from the Pac-12 uh, make the playoff next year. We need to see how it no. all pans out. But I, I just putting uh, like Oregon in that that mix with the LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan is one of those teams that can uh, make the college football playoff. I had UNC in there for a little bit. I take it that no. out. Nope, I'm not doing it. Can't do it anymore. Um, but the well,
1: only team I feel confident in. I'm sure this will sound. This doesn't sound dumb, but it may end up being stupid only team I, find I uh, am confident in is Michigan. Yep. We'll see if uh, Harbaugh comes
0: back. Uh, that, but, I think is, that's what's holding me back right now. Because you have the quarterback, you have your running back coming back. I, Michigan's going to be very good next year.
1: And Michigan, again, does not play anybody significantly. I think they're at Penn State. and at uh, Minnesota, I think. They also Ohio State this year. I really like their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Coram, the running back, is going to be back. Yep. So I uh, like that. Yep. Ohio State, who's, who's your quarterback going to be? Exactly. Uh, Alabama, right, we saw a little bit about their quarterback, I believe, and he was okay. You know, Alabama, I don't know if Alabama's good enough all around anymore, especially on defense, just to have an A.J. McCarron at quarterback.
0: Did you see David Pollock's comment about Georgia – carrying the mantle now for college football, and he said it right to Nick Saban, and Nick Saban looked like he wanted to be anywhere but there and just like, oh, crap, he's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Ohio State, who the quarterback's going to be? Alabama, how's your quarterback going to be? We'll see if there's any surprises out there. I'm sure there will be. No, USC, that defense has just got to get better. They were so close for making it, but Jesus Christ, that defense. The offense is exceptional and it's good enough to get them close.
2: Mm-hmm. But basically
1: what this has turned into is it's the Big Ten versus the SEC. Uh, take your two best from each conference and that's your playoff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the ACC is irrelevant. The Big 12 barely has a pulse. Like, like, like TCU, very lucky to win all the games they did. How they did?
0: Yep, it, like they're the Minnesota Vikings.
1: They, were. they won a lot of close games this year. And the Pac twelve. I mean USC UCLA doesn't matter a whole lot, but now USC they seem to be uh, relevant, and they're gonna they're gonna move east here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So you lose your probably your best chance at a playoff. And then you got Oklahoma, and then again, Texas is irrelevant because they're never, they haven't been in the mix for almost 15 years now.
0: I'll wait and see what Arch Manning can do. I th- I really am, yeah. I'm curious to see what he does at Texas. That's, that's, by the every time he gets there, they'll be in the SEC
1: right. and they can't even win the Big 12 anymore.
0: No, no.
1: And i mean in Oklahoma. I'll give him one year, I'll give them a couple years, but we'll see if Oklahoma can become a playoff contender like they've usually been. But mm-hmm. it's it's the Big Ten and the SEC. Yep. It's Michigan and Ohio State.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's Alabama and Georgia. And maybe throw an LSU in there. Like, that's what it's become. And I think this is a good time to expand the playoff because if you don't, then, like, we're not, we're not going to get those Pac-12 or Big 12 teams in there very often at all. Yep. And if we do, they're going to get absolutely smashed, like they have. So mm-hmm. yeah, a twelve team playoff should be interesting. But yeah, things are kinda kinda getting tight as far as what, what conferences actually matter. Uh, Florida State's another one that people like. Yeah. Um so you know. There's I a guess lot of like good lines like Michigan right now. And There's... Georgia, we'll see who who's who with Georgia, who that quarterback is. I uh, but again just a Soft, soft schedule for the yeah. Georgia Bulldogs again.
0: I'm not making the same mistake though. After last year, I don't care if, it, if it, maybe it'll bite me this year, this upcoming year. But I said I, you know, I think they've lost too much on defense, and I didn't have them in the, the college football playoff. Even and I'm losing that one game, um, I'm not doing that this year. I it's just like nope. I'm rolling with Georgia. I, I trust what Kirby Smart's got, and you know, if you're going to beat someone 65 to seven, I trust that you have enough good recruits. That will take the replacement of it. And you still have Brock Bowers. So that's all I need to know. Done, um, done. Um, like, Georgia almost lost to Missouri. Yeah. They
1: They almost lost to Ohio State.
0: They did. That was the de facto national championship.
1: Yeah, basically. So while beating TCU was impressive, beating any team by that margin is impressive.
0: I don't think they would have beat TCU 65-7 to had they not had that close encounter with Ohio State. That was a wake-up call. Yeah, that
1: was a the Ohio State game. I mean, they were so close to not making it. And when we look back at these teams and a lot of dominant teams, we look back and I think people forget about they almost didn't get there. Mm
2: -hmm. The
1: Golden State Warriors have won a lot of titles. Well, they almost didn't win any of them because they were very close. So, yeah, Georgia won two. I'm already tired of Georgia.
0: I'm not quite yet, but we'll see because
1: I want because they were always that team that, yeah they were like really good, but they could never win the big one like a now
0: they,
4: now
1: they have for the last couple of years they've they've done it, they've beaten Alabama, maybe they have won it all. so good for them to like be like Clemson, be good for a long time and then finally take that next step. be like SDSU be really good, and then finally finally become the number one team,
0: yep, yeah, for sure. And while Jackrabbit fans everywhere are having a great day and a great week, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader has had a very good week as well. Maybe even better. Uh, He covered the team down in Frisco. He's getting a new job. Sioux Falls Live and Forum Communications or something like that. So it's a significant loss for the Argus Leader. He's very good at what he does. But he's doing essentially the same thing. So um, that's good. I'll try and get him on the podcast next week. His reaction to it, and also Marcus's thoughts, because he was down at, in Frisco as well, I believe. So we'll try and get them on next week to talk about it. But
1: arguably, and he's like, he'll be doing a lot with the Mitchell Daily Republics, and they'll be yes, they're under the same Forum Communications ownership, so that'll oh, be good okay. for good for the Mitchell paper.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that is very. I, good
1: a, I think he'll be covering a little less Jackrabbit stuff. Uh, Some more USD stuff. And maybe some more high school stuff around Sioux Falls.
0: It'll change
1: slightly. And apparently he wants to write a book.
0: Yes, he does. I think I I will Um, buy that book. uh, Yep, I will buy that book. Um, But, uh, yeah, so we'll get his thoughts next week. But he had a very good week because he asked Santa for a lot of things. And a few things have come true. Most notably... Carlos Correa is with the Minnesota Twins. He actually interrupted A.J. A.J.'s conference press conference on what Monday? Is it yeah. Monday? Like, Tuesday. One of the days, maybe it's Tuesday, to say, "Hey, Carlos Correa has signed with the Minnesota Twins." Like it was breaking news, and so yeah. that because I mean, I A.J. Mean,
1: AJ's a Twins fan, so yes.
0: Yep, he just—he's so excited about this, and rightfully so because he asked for one more failed physical and to come to the Minnesota Twins for like twelve years, three hundred eighty million or whatever. It's very damn close—six years, two hundred million. Travis, I thought of you right away with with this news. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is happening. Like. You know, the Mets and the failed physical, like, what the hell is going on with the Giants and the Mets? Like, is his ankle made of glass? What is going on? The Twins know about him, they know it, and they landed him, uh, like, per year. It's 30, 30 plus million per year, but it's a little, you know, fewer years, and they get a great player in the end. It's like a boomerang. He just was, you know, going across country on the tour, and now he's back with Minnesota. We talked about this a few weeks ago, about this possibility and just the whole saga regarding Carlos Correa, and have we ever seen anything like it? I'm going to ask the same question again. What do you make of all this, and have we seen anything like it with him truly coming back? No,
1: and it's really good news for the Twins. I, I, like, I... Twelve years and three hundred some millions—just ridiculous. I'm not giving that to anybody. I'm not giving it to Mike Trouts. I'm probably not giving it to Babe Ruth. I'm not giving it to anybody who's ever lived and played sports. Like, so you're, you're telling me somebody who's 28 years old, at least if not 30 years old, you're going to assume they're going to play for another 10 to 12 years at a high level? Like, I'm not paying anybody past 35. What baseball players out there are worth a damn when they're 35, 6, 7 years old?
0: Very few, but Rich Hill got one year $8 million from the Pirates, and he's 42, right?
1: <laughs> was it? Rich yeah, Hill? Rich Hill, Dick Mountain. Yeah. Uh, Nelson Cruz is signed with the Padres on a million-dollar deal. He's about done. Yeah. Like, when you're in your late 30s, odds are you're not going to be very good, and you're not going to certainly be worth $30 million. This... And I wasn't, I didn't want to give Correa 12 years for $300 billion. Uh, this deal is an excellent deal. Uh, I don't care if he ever plays a game for the Twins. This is an A-plus deal because the years are perfect. The money is fine. He is, what is he, 27, 28 years old? Mm-hmm. 28 years old. So this will pay him until he is 34,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is exactly where the cutoff year is for me. Six years and 200 million. The years are not extraordinary. Nope. The money actually decreases the longer you get into the contract, so he will make less Fantastic. when he is 32 and 33 and 34 years old. But now.
0: I don't believe there's an opt out clause, is there?
1: There's something when he's 34, so this could be a 10 year deal with okay. 270, but he would not make much at all. He'd make like 10 to 15 million uh, in those final four years. So we'll see where he is at when he is 34 years old. Mm -hmm. But this this is excellent. 10- to 12-year deals are ridiculous. A six-year deal, I am very excited about this, regardless of if the Twins need a shortstop or not, which they really don't. But we'll take Carlos Correa anyway.
0: Yep. So, yeah, it's... Well, it makes him relevant. It It makes him relevant a little bit more because you have a star player on your team. Yeah. Um, I mean, if if, if I
1: were if I were to ever be a GM, like this is the type of deal I would offer. Here's yeah. a six year deal with a lot of money till you're 34 till you're in your mid30s and we'll pay you like 35 million this first year and we'll pay you like 35, 28 million at the back end. So as your production decreases, uh, your compensation will also slightly decrease. Mm-hmm. So this isn't an Albert Pujols deal. This isn't uh, one of those deals. So, good for the Twins last winter to get this thing done. And I don't know if he comes here if they don't do that last year. Yeah. I I don't know. And, you know, Twins just didn't finish the year very good. But uh, you've got Correa. I'm not concerned with his ankle at all. I don't give a shit. Well, that's the... It it wasn't an issue. There's apparently a steel plate in his shin or somewhere from a minor league injury years ago. It's like... He got hit in the hand once, missed a couple weeks, and he had COVID and missed a week. Other than that, he played like 130 games.
0: <laughs> That's the thing about all of this. It's, it's remarkable because it's a done deal now. Because the, the Twins announced it today. They had yeah. it, it's news. It, it's not like oh my gosh, maybe he's going to sign. It's over. Physical. He signed. It's, it's over. Yes, yeah. and like so, I don't know. And and the Twins know him better than anyone, at least currently. Yeah, the Astros probably know him best, but the Twins were. The Twins knew about this injury. Like, they they know him. They're comfortable with it uh, from last year. It's not like they're like, oh, we're scared of it too. So, I mean, they offered him a deal, and he chose to decline. He chose to opt out. So, I don't know what the Giants doctors were thinking or what they found out, what their uh, trepidation was. I don't know what the Mets doctors are thinking about, like, what their trepidation was. But the Twins obviously are comfortable with whatever it is that these other teams aren't. And if they're comfortable with it, and based on what we saw last year, like, he he didn't have a good year by his standards to what we have normally expected him from Houston. But he got better as the second half, I thought, uh, you know, came along. I think he could, you know, if we can get that Carlos Correa from three years ago, that's fantastic for the Twins. And maybe he won't, but, like, he was solid last year. It wasn't like he was disappointing. He just didn't have as good of a year. He put up the same... I
1: I think the big thing is that the twins were out of it in September and that's when he played his best. So if you could just be in the race in September, he has shown that come playoff time, he plays very well. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I think that uh, my ideas of him would have changed if the twins would have played important games in September Mm-hmm. And on some of those, and we would have looked at that and said, Oh, remember that big home run he hit against Cleveland or this team or that team to win this very important game
2: mm-hmm.
1: that got him into the playoffs, and they were just too, too far out of it. So, yeah, he, I, I think what he did last year is just kind of what he is going to be like a, a good player. Again, I just, I just don't consider him a top 20 player. Right. Uh, but if you take out. Pitchers, I don't, uh, there are 20 guys I feel like I could name now that I would say I probably want them or think they're better than Carlos Correa. But with that being said, you know, good, good player. Uh, Maybe Hall of Famer if if he plays long enough. We'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, it's not like he's at the bottom of the scrap heap. He's a very, he's above average player. And like I
1: said a few weeks ago, like the biggest contract the Twins have ever given out was like a $50 million deal to Urban Santana. Mm hmm. So, like you know, people expected, hey, we're going to give you know ten years, three hundred million. Well, no, we gave six for two hundred, which is, I mean, half the years of these other contracts, which is much more reasonable.
0: Team, so. team, yeah, team friendly, player friendly, really. I mean, he's getting paid. It's not like we have to cry for, uh, for Carlos Correa that he's not getting the money. But it's just the the stunning turn in the stunning saga of all of this, for him to come back to Minnesota after all of this, like you lose him once and you lose him twice. It's just like, what is going on here? I think that's something that you're going to have to watch as the season progresses. Like, you know, will the Giants be kicking themselves for not finishing the deal? Will the Mets be kicking themselves? And the Mets signed so many people, so I don't think it matters a ton for the the Mets and Carlos Correa. But I'm looking at it more on the Giants' side. Like if they if the Twins do well this year, if Carlos Correa has a good year, will the Giants whoever they have in place of Correa at shortstop, let's say, will they rue the day that they said uh, no? We we got to postpone this, and then and Correa has a a big year.
1: Yeah, and I I just like the signing for the Twins to to do something like this, and when I, I don't I don't know if this is something teams that can teams consider this, and we said how stupid some people, some rich people can be just because you're rich and you can be kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. We'll see if there's an ankle injury that flares up, and if there is in these other teams, you'd say, oh, I guess that's why they didn't want to sign them.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but if you're going to sign somebody for a 10-year 10, 10 deal, you are probably, that player is probably going to miss a full season worth of games over those 10 years. Mm-hmm. Based on injuries, all you have to do is go on the on the DL once. Let's say you go on the DL once every year on average, and it's just a 10-day DL. All right, over 10 years, that's 100 games. So a little mm-hmm. over half a season. And I'm sure these doctors and teams were concerned Correa was going to have an ankle injury and be out for an entire season. Well, that's going to happen anyway when you sign somebody. How many, how many games will, and, and just based on rest and how they rest players now in, in this current uh, current sports environment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how many games do you think Aaron Judge is going to miss over the next 10 years? How, how, how many games is, 100, has Dean Carlos Stanton lost? He signed, at the time, a huge deal. Still yes. a huge deal. 13 years, 300-some million.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that has been... Not a good contract, and he has many years left, and he has been injured a lot.
0: Well, how about so Fernando I would like Tatis? Gene Carl
1: Stanton contract working out?
0: Yeah. how about Fernando Tatis Jr.? Forget the eighty, you know, game PED suspension. He had that back in injury last year, didn't he? Or a wrist injury? He missed the
1: entire season. He did not play. Yeah.
0: So, in single game. Yep. Yeah, so, how's that working for the for the fathers? I mean, it's just. Yeah, this is as you said. It's a great.
1: Apparently, what, what was it? Yeah, the Padres wanted
0: to give Cray like 14 years.
1: I don't know what the hell the Padres are up to, but every single top creator agent they said here, here's like a 13 to 14 year deal, which has never been done. 13 years is the longest for 350 million. From Aaron Judge to Trey Turner, they got Xander Bogarts. To, to Correa, to whoever. And they got Juan Soto, and I like aggressiveness, but, like, what are you doing? I don't know. Well, you're, you're offering, like, how are you going to pay these guys? You already got Manny Machado. He could opt out in a couple years. You've got Tatis. You've got Juan Soto. Do you want to sign him? You mm-hmm. want him to
0: sign Aaron Judge and everybody else. They don't have Eric Hosmer anymore. He's with the Cubs. Oh, they so, so so you want four
1: guys in your team
0: that are going to be making $1.2
1: billion For four guys that are going to make $120 million a year? I don't know what the hell the Padres are doing. But, um, you know, Twins, they bring pretty much everybody back. A couple changes here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about their infield. They got Royce Lewis, who will probably, probably be around in the second half of the year. I'm looking more towards twenty twenty-four. And and Korea would uh, you know, he was gonna move to third base for the Mets. So you've got Correa at shortstop, you've got Jose Miranda at third base who I like. You've got Royce Lewis, who are like next year's kind of be relevant for him. Mm-hmm. You got Brooks Brooks Lee, the Cal Poly shortstop, who was excellent
2: mm-hmm.
1: as uh, in his uh First couple months in the minors, he'll probably be up in 2024. He's also a shortstop. So you've got three shortstops and a third baseman to figure out how to configure an infield. I heard one guy say if Brooks Lee, if we redid the draft already, he'd be the number two pick if they redid it. And the Twins got him at number eight. All right. So, yeah, uh, a lot to like. You know, they they got a lot of pitchers. We'll see how that that ends up. And – trade max kepler get him off the team please they sign joey gallo we'll see what he does and the twins have usually made a trade or two late in the offseason. so
0: i don't i want to see what their pitchers can actually do this year that yep. they brought in the, the, the jorge lopez and some of these guys um, you know because they, i think the trade's the, the return that the Twins got, you know, the wins and, you know, obviously falling out of playoff contention, very underwhelming what these players that they brought in did. So I want to yeah. see, you know, if, the, if that pans out this year. So great job by the Minnesota Twins. Great job, Carlos Correa. That's a lot of fun. Probably should talk.
1: Son, son, if, son, Sonny Gray is a good pitcher. Yep. Uh, Tyler Molly from the Reds is a yes. good pitcher before he got hurt. So I, I, I feel confident in those two guys if they stay healthy. Uh, Joe Ryan was fine. Kent Kent little...
0: let's see if he can come back. Who? Is, is it Kentamaeda coming yeah, back? Kenta was back.
1: He was exceptional in that COVID season, finished second in the Cy Young. He was terrible the next year. I assume that was because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. So, And, again, they're not asking these guys to go seven or eight innings. He'll go five or six. You've got Kenta Maeda. Then you have four or five other guys who could be your fifth starter. So, uh, well, the pitching – needs to get better, and I wish they would throw more innings, and they still really didn't address the bullpen this offseason, which pisses me off. Um, they got Johan Duran, who is excellent. So, I still don't think they make the playoffs, but things things look good for the
0: future, I think. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's go to the NFL now. Vikings beat the Bears 29-13. Nothing to see here. Nothing, you know, but you, know, good job, Vikings! You're in the playoffs now. Uh, good, 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 good game for KJ Osborne. He's good. You know, I'm telling next, it, like, you, know, between next, next year, he should be the number two receiver. You got Jalen, um, not Jalen Rager, uh, uh, Naylor. Um, he's he appears to be good. He's got a lot of speed, so maybe he could take that second step like KJ Osborne did last year and you can utilize him a little bit more so we'll, we'll see i the thought Vikings. it was seeing go stack and i was looking at my
1: tv or the tv i was looking at i saw this guy out there he was wearing number 84 I'm like who the hell is that hmm. I'm like Ear, earl smith jr you son of a bitch you're back I'm like all right earl, welcome back to this team
0: well that might be a good given the offensive line injuries and we'll talk about the nfl playoff picture here in a, in a moment. But there were four games of significance last week. Two stand out more than the others. Um... So, uh, Saturday night, we have Titans, Jaguars, and the Jaguars, it, it, was, it was the battle for the AFC South, and this game should have been played on Sunday. I, no, no, yes, no, no. Yes, it should have, because it mattered. Because, you know, go get for the Lions, they didn't, you know, it, it worked apparently, out. Apparently, apparently, I, I saw, I don't know if this
1: is true, I think it is. There was a scenario in which the loser of the Titans, Jaguars, could have gotten in. Yes,
0: yes, the Jaguars could have gotten in with <laughs> multiple multiple losses. Very, very unlikely. But, but, for but, you, but t- you know, like
1: to put the Packers in that spot, they're always going to pick the Packers. I, would um, the I, don't, I don't think this was Rodgers' last game, but if it was, obviously that just adds to it. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being a great night for folks that wanted to see the Packers lose.
0: And I'll get to that because that was like the second best or that yes. the second most important game. But the Jaguars, they beat Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence and the offense didn't look very good. Josh Dobbs, I, I don't know if Josh Dobbs is the future at Tennessee for quarterback. I mean, obviously, if you think, if you're going to take him off of, off the practice squad and play him eight days later like they did against the Cowboys and, you know, just say like, hey, we're going to try this and, and see if it works. Um, and then he plays. How, how bad is Malik Willis? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that that tells me all I need to know about Malik Willis or where he's at. So I don't know where Josh Dobbs stands, as you know, like his future in Tennessee. He didn't play terrible. He was he was fine in the first half. The Jaguars defense came to play in the second half. That forced fumble and the re, the recovery by Josh Allen. I'm gonna tell you right now, Crins, because that was the that was ultimately the the winner. And then uh, Dobbs made a bad pass on fourth down, way short of the sticks. You, you can't do that. You have to know that um, at that stage in the game. But this Jaguars Chargers game on Saturday night, is so intriguing to me. I'm going to say it's probably maybe the best game of the weekend because you have the young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert for the Chargers against Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars. Dare I say that the winner of this game, it would not surprise me at all.
1: Oh, yes, it would stun me if the winner of this game does anything.
0: I think they're dangerous enough to do something. They can take out a top seed. They can. Um, I I I really like both of these teams to potentially make a run. I'm not saying they're going to, but I give it. You got to get the right matchup here. It's likely against Kansas City. Chargers played Kansas City twice. Jaguars played them once. Played them tough. Uh, that kind of started this whole um, run for the Jaguars following their bye week because they lost to the Chiefs and had the bye. It's, it's just really good. So the Jaguars have a very good defense. They're a very good young uh, up-and-coming team. they on the Cummins, we like to say. I've I already picked them for the AFC South next year. I That was before this run. I mentioned it mid-season, how much I liked what the Jaguars were doing. Very intriguing game. So congrats to the Jaguars for winning the AFC South. Very entertaining game for the most part. And then Sunday night, the Lions eliminated from playoff contention 40 minutes prior to kickoff. Less than an hour they have nothing to play for except to keep Green Bay from the postseason. Green Bay, all they have to do is win and in, and back and forth game, field goals, uh, all the way around. You know, Mason Crosby, he can doink one off the crossbar and it goes in against the Vikings. Can't do it against the Lions, but I mean that that always happens against the Vikings, except Will Lutz in London, nine uh, six at half. Jamal Williams scores two touchdowns in the second half. Uh, they get the pick, Kirby Joseph, his third pick of Aaron Rodgers this season. And then the Stones, on that final Lions drive, second and 17, you do a little pitch back. Uh, you, you throw a quick one to Amonra St. Brown. He pitches it to DeAndre Swift, who who runs upfield, makes it third and short. Then on fourth and one, to throw it, rather than either kick a field goal, uh, which would have made it a seven-point game with a minute to go. Green Bay still has a shot. It's just the Stones on Dan Campbell and company, were great. They and they prevent. This was the Lions Super Bowl. They kept the Packers out of the playoffs, and that is stunning. Uh, I mean, it, I, I already like this Lions team to make the playoffs next year. I think when we, you know when we project our uh, make, or make our playoff picks, this was awesome for the Lions, and this was a terrible, a terrible, terrible loss for the Packers, who just for whatever reason this year. When, the, when it matters the most, they fail. And that's the way it's been for the majority of the last decade, really, with Aaron Rodgers.
1: It was a stunning loss, and, yeah, I'll, I'll remember that game for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I like the Lions to win the division next year. No. Bears are terrible. Yep. If, if Rodgers isn't there, no go on the Packers. Uh, the Vikings greatly overachieved. So I, I like Detroit to to win that division. I mean this this is this is it. I mean they are on the upswing. Mm-hmm. Found a quarterback that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense needs to get better. They have found some guys on defense. They have a top ten pick. Yep. Um, but they got a couple a couple of high picks, so they can really really build something here. Uh, so a great great final couple months for the Lions, but it was a stunning loss to where it's like. Yeah, the, the Lions are going to go into Lambeau Field and knock the Packers out of the playoffs. I don't fucking think so. Mm-hmm. But it happened. And, yeah, the I saw something that I agree with where it's all about the result of the play because I think there were just over two minutes left. By all means, Detroit should have ran the ball to run the clock off, get the two minutes. Yep. So they try that hook and ladder. Or it was like a what, second and 20, whatever it second was. Second and
0: 17, yeah, something like that. second and, and picked out They almost
1: pick it up. And what a stone's move by whoever the hell called that. Yep. Well, that's Dan Campbell, the offense coordinator. Ever called that play? That's something you just don't pull out of the playbook and say, yeah, we're going to do this hook and ladder. That's probably something you save for a special time. Mm-hmm. So credit to whoever did that. And it wasn't. And this I wasn't
0: way. like the Patriots going, um off script uh, and just trying to play hero that that was by design you could absolutely no, tell that, that that was the play call
1: and if and if it goes wrong and they fumble that ball and the Packers pick it up and they and they win then that's like well that's the dumbest play i've ever seen mm-hmm. but because it works and they won the game they all oh, see that play right there that was genius yes what up and, and could you imagine if detroit actually had to win that game and get in the playoffs? And they would have pulled that out. They could, they could kind of play loose because they it didn't, it didn't matter for their season whether or not they win or lose, whether it continued or not.
0: So That's why I wish that more teams would play like Detroit did. You know, I, uh, I wish that the – I guess, you know, from the Giants standpoint, there wasn't really anything. But, like, you know, the Cardinals, if there were some injuries, fine. But I wish you would say, you know what, we want to prevent San Francisco from um, – you know, uh, getting the two seed like Cleveland, I guess did. I mean, they did play their starters. They played hard against Pittsburgh. Like, because no, Miles Garrett even said it during the week. We want to prevent Pittsburgh from making the playoffs, like even having a chance to make the playoffs. I wish that mindset would be there for all of these teams to kind of destroy their either their playoff road or just making it to the playoffs in general. You don't. Some teams just
1: aren't good enough to do that. Right, it's just, but that's well, the makeup. Like, that's the, like, that's the David Blau is playing quarterback
0: for Arizona. Yeah, that's the culture of the team.
1: So it's, it's good for Detroit to, to do what they've been able to do and to turn that thing around. And, you know, it, it certainly looks like Aaron Rodgers is done, but I assume he'll be back.
0: So He's got 60 million um, reasons why he would want to come back. Like, Why would you not? Like, things got
1: significantly better at the end of the year. Uh, Christian Watson got better.
0: Did they, or did they just get lucky? Like, they blew
1: the Vikings out. They played with the Dolphins, and the quarterback got hurt. And I mean, they were, they won games, and, like, you know, NDSU had a down year, and they almost won it all. The Packers had a down year, and they were with one game in the playoffs, and we had heard, oh, okay, and they make the Super Bowl. All Green Bay and Rodgers had to do was make it before people would say, oh, they're going to make the Super Bowl? Something they've only done once in like 20 years. Mm -hmm. But that's the way people think because people like Aaron Rodgers. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and he had some terrible, terrible throws in that game, terrible throws all year. Mm -hmm. I assume that had to be his thumb. They say he hurt his thumb and wrist during that game, too. So I have to assume that is why. Because we are not accustomed to seeing Aaron Rodgers play that poorly.
0: Well, don't you think, too, it's part of the weapons that he has? Like, it's
1: not... Well, some of those those throws don't matter because, like, they're just nowhere close to anybody. Right. So if that's the thumb, so I just assume, all right, that's your thumb. And And if Christian Watson catches the first pass on the first play of the season... Yep. We might beat the Vikings. Yep, and uh, they might be in the playoffs. And that game versus Detroit would not have meant diddly poo. So that's how close they came to to making and not making the playoffs. Yep. So I for th- for his sake, I would come back a lot of money and and, if, and I think he'll be with Green Bay.
0: I I agree with that. I, I do think though there are so, several factors here. One, it sounds like Alan Lazard isn't going to come back, so that's another wide receiver who you made into a one this year, and he didn't have a great season. He was injured. He's not, he's no Devonte Adams, but if he leaves, that's just another weapon. Like who knows if Randall Cobb's coming back. You saw him and Rogers walk off the field and into the tunnel. And it, you know, Rogers apparently didn't even want to exchange a Jersey with, I think it was Jamison Williams, the rookie wide receiver for Detroit. He's like, no, I'm going to keep this one. Um, He had a long embrace with David Bakhtiari, I guess. Like, and, and who knows, this is all for theatrics, more than likely for Aaron Rodgers. But there is, there were some things that he's done differently this time around as opposed to others. And I don't, truthfully, I don't think he cares about the money. Now, you and I would love $60 million. Rodgers has made a ton of money throughout his career. And it's really hard to say no to $60 million. So I think if he does come back, it's for one more year. And it's with the Packers. But, 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 but. I think, again, I think I mentioned this last week, the bold prediction. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Oh, I think I was saving this one for you.
1: Yeah, uh, you uh, something about Rodgers was going to go somewhere. Yes, yes. If, if, pre- wait, okay, let me, let me. I you sitting I'm sure if he had his pick, say Aaron Rodgers, you can go to any team you want. I'm sure he would pick the uh, the San Francisco 49ers.
0: I, I'm gonna, uh, sit back here. I hope you're sitting down, knocking yourself off. Um, like you know, the the Raiders have been a popular team. Yep. Uh, the quarterbacks. Ding ding ding. I think the the oh, bo- I mean a bold prediction Tom Brady and whoever. Else. The Raiders trade Derek Carr and two first round picks to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. Reunite him with Devontae Adams. That is one of my bold predictions for this off season. The other one uh not really as much maybe I mentioned Brock Purdy going to be the starter next year for the Niners. That's my it should be. Uh, Trey Lance off the team. I, I was thinking about this. Like
1: He's making less than a million dollars these next two years. And then in, in, year, in year four, he'll make $1.1 $1. 1 yeah. To get a quarterback who is just as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. And Trey Lance. Or, or, and significantly better than Fargo's best. What's Jimmy Garoppolo making? 20-some million, probably?
0: Yep. Pro- uh, um, yeah, well, I think there was, like, incentives and stuff in there. So. Yeah, well, it's a seven-year deal
1: this year, but in years past, he had made he yep. made some money. Yep. So to have your quarterback make, essentially, play for free, a million dollars, less than that, and to have all of these guys that San Francisco has, they have a real shot to be really good for a long time. Yes. With... You know, all pros up and down the roster. Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, Bosa, Kittle, all the guys. All the guys that they've got. Debo Samuel, all these guys that are gonna that are gonna have to pay them more. So to not pay your quarterback for three years is extremely helpful. San Francisco really didn't beat anybody this year. No. They got their they lost a lot by t- t- to Kansas City. Mm-hmm they really didn't play any of the top teams no so that scares me but to get to the nfc Kyle game they have to beat the seahawks and then either the giants or the vikings
0: yep
1: Which, or maybe one of those other tampa bay maybe dallas Yep. if, if, if they got to beat seattle and the vikings
0: i like their shot to get there i agree i i really agree with that um and we've seen you know Philadelphia not looking great here. We don't know the extent of Jalen Hurts injury, but he he wasn't good against the Giants this last week. Now Philadelphia gets the the bye this week. They're the one seed in the NFC. Kansas City the one seed in the AFC. They have the bye. Look at this playoff schedule here. It, uh, it starts Saturday 3 uh 3:40 p.m. or 4:40 p.m. Eastern, 4 3:40 p.m. Central Time on Fox. You have Seattle against San Francisco. It's always difficult to beat a team three times in one season. That's what the 49ers are going to try and do to the Seahawks. But they're they're playing so well right now, playing at home. I just don't see Seattle having much of a chance in this one. They barely beat a Rams team that was depleted by injury. So give me the 49ers to roll in this one.
1: They should. Geno Smith has had a great year. He'll be a free agent, so hopefully he gets paid a lot of money to go somewhere but uh, for San Francisco they are probably the favorite to win this conference so they should win this game
0: could you imagine though if the Seahawks were to beat the the 49ers I don't think I wonder if this adds more pressure than to the Vikings on yeah. Sunday because if the Seahawks win you know if you win you get to host Dallas or Tampa Bay that that would be significantly more pressure on the Vikings for that um Saturday night's game, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. AFC playoff matchup, five-seeded Chargers against the four-seeded Jaguars. Again, I think this is the most intriguing of the the games this weekend because you have the two young quarterbacks. I like the Chargers' defense a little bit more. I think Rayshon Slater may be coming back. Uh, I get that they haven't made – neither team has made the playoffs yet with their quarterback. Uh, So that's not an advantage to one or the other. I I trust Herbert a little bit more in this scenario. I think the Jaguars just have a little more growth that needs to happen. I like the Chargers to win, but this I think is going to be a heck of a game. But give me the Chargers to edge Jacksonville here.
1: This is a tough one to pick. Chargers are the better team. Got the better quarterback. They're on the road. The Chargers can give Kansas City a game because they don't usually beat them, but they usually come a field goal short. Yeah. So I would much rather watch Chargers and Chiefs next week. But I want Jacksonville to win because whenever they're in there, when uh, I'll usually root for them because they're in there so rarely. Better root for Jacksonville. So who w- wins this game? I, I flip, a flip a coin on this. I... Boy, I have no idea. like the, the chargers I don't take them seriously for anything
0: I, I agree that that's the tough part in this.
1: Hey, you got Justin Herbert, you got all these other guys who are kind of hurts, but it's like then then do something and win win some games that you should do do better than ten and seven mm-hmm. and just kind of sneak into the playoffs. so i don't I don't know who I would pick. Chargers are a two point favorite. Uh, oof.
0: Oof.
1: Eh. Eh, 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 eh. I I don't know. Pick Jacksonville. Okay. Why not? Pick Jacksonville. Right.
0: I think the game that I, if you could put any sum of money, a great sum of money on any outcome this weekend, it's the Bills to beat the Dolphins by a lot. DeMar Hamlin is back in Buffalo. He actually just got discharged from the hospital uh, earlier on Wednesday, so that's... Will really he play? Will really he play? I, no, he will not play. Oh, but can you imagine no, him walking out of the stadium here to leave like, yeah, no, the Yeah, okay, bills? are they
1: going to... What are they going to do that? Are they going to do that next week when they play the Bengals? No idea. <laughs> are they going to wait for a conference title game that may not be there? Are they going to do it next? I would If he's up to it, then you do that. Yep. Or maybe wait till next season to where, like, all right, is this guy going to be okay? What is. Yep, you, you have to. I assume it's going to take a well while for him to maybe walk. I don't know. Maybe
0: he's using a walker right now. I have no idea. Great question. I don't know. I just think it would be cool. I, I almost think you do. I, I don't know when you do it. You do it both times, I think everyone would be happy. But regardless, you're going against Skylar Thompson. I don't trust. Like, the Dolphins aren't good without Tua. And they've been, even with. A, you know, like there was that three game losing four game losing streak and he wasn't good but no i, I don't trust skylar thompson to go up to buffalo buffalo is going to play their hearts out no way no way miami beats buffalo in buffalo uh place your bet put, put your house up for sale uh, the, the bills are winning this game you would think so
1: they're not a 13 point favorite they were uh like an 8 point favorite so First game they played a few uh, about a month ago was pretty close. Mm So yeah, disappointing that two was out.
0: But again, two was playing in that one. I just it you put up you put up eleven. You couldn't even score a touchdown against the Jets. How are you? And that was that. You
1: just you just don't need the seven seat. You just don't. Yeah. This is another game where it's Buffalo. Buffalo and San Francisco are. Expected to, to win multiple playoff games. We don't. We don't need to see them play this week.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, One p.m. Eastern and Central time, CBS on Sunday. The four forty p.m. Eastern game, three forty p.m. Central time on Fox. The six seeded Giants against the three seeded Vikings. I, uh, I I'm a little nervous for this game. I think the Giants come in with a great deal of confidence. The Vikings, not so much, given what happened in Green Bay a couple weeks ago. The offensive line is more the issue for me. I'm not scared of the Giants' weapons on offense. I think the Vikings' defense can hold them in check. Yes, they gave up 24 to them the first time they met, but for the most part, the Vikings' defense did okay. I think they'll be fine in this one. They'll give up some yards. They'll give up some plays, but I I worry about the offensive line being able to give Kirk Cousins enough time to throw the ball to... K. J. Osborne to T. J. Hawkinson to Justin Jefferson. I worry about them being able to uh, to move the line of scrimmage and allow you know to open up holes for Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Don't look at that game against Chicago last week as any indicator of what the Vikings might be able to do. The Giants' defense is so much better than the Bears. I will take the Vikings to win this game, but it's. I think they are an overall better team than the Giants, but the offensive line to me is where it really, really worries me, and that's where I think it kind of changes the ebb and flow of this game. If the Vikings can't generate long drive or like drives and can't score, obviously you need to score points to win. But I, I just don't. That, that's what worries me that the offensive line is going to be the detriment of this team because of the injuries to O'Neal. And I don't think Bradbury's coming back yet. To me,
1: this is the game of the week because these are two evenly matched teams. These are two teams that put up a lot of points. These are two teams that play close games and come back in the fourth quarter. So they're pretty similar to each other. This is the 13th time I've seen the Vikings in the playoffs. I believe eight of those times they won the first one and lost the second one. So more times than not, they win the first one, they lose the second one. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll say they win this game. They're going to lose to San Francisco in the next next week. I think it's going to be close. Justin Jefferson had 12 catches for 133 yards a month ago, Mm -hmm. three weeks ago. All right, we saw the Packers significantly shut him down. What the hell are the Giants going to do to make sure he doesn't have 12 catches for 130 yards?
0: I've heard the Giants say that, oh, it's not too loud in Minnesota, like that it's too Midwest. Oh, yeah, Mace. I mean, Christ. Yeah, you that, – like, That's one of the loudest stadiums there is. Do, and so, basically, what you just told the Vikings fans is that, yeah, you're not loud, so be louder. They And they will. So, um, that, and, was, that was an awful dumb thing to say. Like, if you want to put bulletin board material up for a team – you know, you don't want to do that. Don't put up bulletin board material for fans of, a, of the home team to be that, that you're too quiet. Because guess what? They're going to be extra loud now.
1: Only time... I guess we've seen them lose. We've seen them lose a couple of times at home in the playoffs, but they usually win at home
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the playoffs since we've seen them. I think they win. Should be a close one. Yeah, don't, don't let Dave Jones... I'll beat you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To, to to go through this season and not win a single playoff game would be very disappointing. Yep. It sounds like Dave Jones wants a lot of money.
0: Oh.
1: And he's done better.
0: But Can you imagine what would happen, though, with him if he had weapons around him to throw to? Like, if Darius Slayton is your best wide receiver, you have issues. So I want to see Daniel Jones with some wide receivers with some weapons, because Kenny Galladay has been a complete bust. I want to see him with a good tight end. He doesn't have that. So I think he's I think he's right that he deserves a lot of money because he's done magnificent this year for the most part. You expect them to make the playoffs next year? The Giants?
1: Without seeing who they sign or what happens, I
0: I can't I can't say that for, for certain without seeing who what how it all shakes out. If I were to, I venture- if I'm going to give this
1: guy thirty million or whatever, he wants even more than that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like can't. Fifteen touchdowns this year. I would. <sighs> he got better this year, but he was not significantly better to where. I want to hitch my wagon to him. He picked a good time to have a good year. And they're another team that is very lucky to win the games that they did.
4: Mm
1: -hmm. They probably shouldn't be in the playoffs, but they are because nobody else could do anything else.
2: Right.
1: They had five interceptions, which is very good. His rookie year, he had 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. His last three years, he's had 11 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, and 15 touchdowns. This isn't 1982. <laughs> he can obviously run a little bit. What's his, what's his running deal here? Very good. So, yeah. so, I mean, he is 700 rushing yards. That's in seven rushing touchdowns. That is 300 more than he's ever had in a, in a other season. Mm-hmm. So, gives you a dual threat. And Saquon Bartley wants to get paid. Can he ever stay healthy?
0: Well, He did this year for the most part. So, yeah. But is that going to happen? It's a great question. Come, we're giving him a four or five year deal.
1: Yeah. Like is Saquon Barkley going to have a nine year career? I, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they have a tough decision to make as far as signing him. And the Vikings win this game, please. That that'd be nice, just to to, to win one.
0: Yep. I okay. saw I
1: saw okay. mock draft from Pro Football Focus. Yep. I think Vikings have the 28th pick. I forget this guy's name already, but they had them picking the quarterback from Stanford.
0: Oh, God.
1: And, you know, if you pick a quarterback, I'm not opposed to that. But certainly not this guy. He's a tall white guy who's on a bad team. No, I'm sure they look at him and he's 6'6", six, 6'4", six, six, and all the attributes he's got to be on a terrible Stanford team. So don't do that, certainly. And next year is another final year of Kirk Cousins that could not be his final year. So I'm interested to see what the Vikings do when it comes to the quarterback. Yeah, let's see what
0: they do on defense. Like if they stick with the 3-4, if they... Like they got to get rid of Donatel. So what 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 changes do they make? Because they have to make changes on the defensive side. That's why I would think you would lean more towards defense in the draft, or if a good wide receiver, like take the best player available. Of course, not the Stanford quarterback.
1: And like I don't like. What, what do you do with Thielen? I, I assume he'll be back on a greatly reduced deal.
0: They have to. They cannot. It, this is something I guess we can do after the Vikings lose. We can do more yeah. of a deep dive on that. But you cannot bring him back at his salary, and he knows that. So I think. And you got, you know,
1: KJ Osborne's has done well, which is good to see. You've Got TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Delvin Cook. You're gonna probably lose Madison. Yep. Could you get somebody else? Could you get Delvin Cook out of there? Get what is what is he worth? Could you get a second round pick for Christ's sake for a pretty good running back? Is that? Maybe. Could you get the? 45th pick in the draft is that unreasonable for for cook and then you save a lot of money and you get a running back who could do similar things maybe not put up quite as big a numbers but do well enough to save money and then use that 20 some million you save on cook and thielen and upgrade your offensive line and your defense
0: Reasonable. So,
1: I feel like they got some decisions to make.
0: Yep. Yep. And it will. It will do more of a deep dive of that once their season's done. But yeah, let's just beat the Giants this weekend. Let and hope that's the case. Sunday night, you have the six-seeded Ravens against the three-seeded Bengals. 8:15 p.m. Eastern. 7:15 p.m. Central time on NBC in the AFC playoffs again. Now we go back to uh Lamar Jackson's not going to play in this one. Tyler Huntley, Anthony Brown. It don't matter. Give me Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I. I know that Joe Bur- or that Lamar Jackson is hurt um, but I, I don't know like when they initially said spraying PCL it was like oh one to three weeks he'll be back we're on week five of this now and I'm not saying he's milking the injury because he wants to get paid like that's his own damn fault for not hiring an agent and getting the deal done last uh, this last off season. I just don't know where like was the injury misdiagnosed or was this more severe than what they were letting on? Something else is going on here with the Lamar Jackson injury. Regardless, though, the Bengals beat them soundly. We saw this
1: game a couple of days ago. Uh, Bengals, uh, Bengals should win this game.
0: You're paying Roquan Smith $100 million before your quarterback. I, that, mm, that's a head-scratcher a little bit for me on where the right Where does Lamar Jackson
1: go? That's another... Would
0: be the... I've seen the Jets get floated out there, um, but we'll see. I don't. I don't know that. That's a a very in, very intriguing. Like,
1: like the Ravens seem to be a good fit for him because you know the Ravens usually have a solid defense. And then the Jets, they have pretty good defense now too. So I mean, the Jets would be intriguing. You bring Brees Hall back. You got what uh, Garrett Wilson looks like. He's going to be pretty good. Yep. So, you, you don't need a lot, I don't think, when Lamar Jackson's your quarterback, man, and you, and you need a good defense. So, yeah, the Jets would be an interesting spot for him.
0: Then, uh, Monday night, the five-seed T- Dallas Cowboys, who looked atrocious against Washington, had everything to play for, and you're going against a rookie quarterback, and you put up that performance? Yikes. Against the 4 seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, eight, what, this is 8.15 on Eastern, 7.15 p.m. It's on Monday night, right around 7 o'clock Central Time. I was leaning towards the Cowboys, but given what the Cowboys have looked like the last <laughs> couple of weeks, I I feel like the Buccaneers might win this game. To me, this is another toss-up. Like, I don't know who's going to win. Either, either and that's what you should expect with the 4-5 or five matchups. But... To me, why would I have any confidence in Dallas after what they've displayed the last couple of weeks? Tampa Bay sounds like they're going to be as healthy as they've been all year. That's what Tom Brady says. Um, I'll, hell, I'll take I'll, I'll ride with the Bucks in this one.
1: If you had to watch one game this weekend, this this is probably the game to watch. If you you know you take the Vikings out of the equation. Because you don't want to see those seven seeds. I you know you like uh,
0: Chargers, Jacksonville. I do, I do. I like the, I like the the future versus the 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 past and the retire uh, the soon to be retiree.
1: Tom Brady versus you know the Dallas Cowboys. That's about his, you no know, the, the the big names. I'll take Tampa Bay. Dallas has been atrocious recently. You know they 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 beat the Eagles a couple of weeks ago and. Just have not played well since then, and Tampa Bay has looked better.
0: And I think Dallas is more talented than Tampa Bay right now, but they aren't playing like it. And you look and you feel like Dallas could have a shot at Philadelphia. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: But like, and and they, do you think? I mean, and you just never count out Tom Brady, even though he's given you no reason to think they're anything of a threat. You know, but but there's history there, and you just well, is he going to do it? And if anybody's going to do it, is it going to be him? So it is. It's a it's a hell of a game for ESPN to get. Good for them.
0: I feel like, and maybe they did this because of the Bengals Bills fiasco. Well, um, that was
1: apparently the the highest rated
0: Monday night game they've ever had. So yeah. Yep. So hopefully they they put. I bet they put Bengals Bills. On next next year on Monday night because the two teams will play against one another uh, because oh. we know the opponents now. Did you know that, Prince? Did you know that the opponents? We know have been that. Defended? We know it already. We
1: know them for fucking twenty twenty seven already, stack. Yes. We know it all. Yep. Except for
0: one. So. Um, I, I do wonder though. You know, just kind of looking ahead to divisional playoff week. You you're not going to put the winner of the Bucks game. And the Cowboys, that game has to be pushed to Sunday because you're so not good. What, uh, what,
1: what station gets what games on divisional
0: round? Yeah, NBC gets one, gets and, two. M- NBC what, what, gets what channel gets gets only one. NBC gets one, I think. CBS gets two, and Fox will get one.
1: So one of the so one of the NFC games have to be on NBC, or did they switch that?
0: Yeah. They could. I I think I think what will happen. The Eagles will be playing on Sunday for sure. Or whoever, whoever like, however the bracket shakes out, the Buccaneers. Bengals, Bengals in Buffalo
1: is the game next
0: week. Yep, and I think that that will be on. That has to be on a, on a Sunday. I think. Uh, will there will there be four games or will there be five next week? Four, right? Four. Four yeah. games. Yeah. Four. So you could inevitably see maybe one on Saturday, two Sunday, one Monday. I think that's it.
1: Uh, no, my, uh, my, my San Francisco when they play was at a, a 3.30 start Saturday a couple of years ago, yep. that seems like.
0: Uh, and that that to me, I don't think, can uh, that was such a disadvantage for the Vikings after playing a, a Sunday game. You're, you're, you're one day short already, and that was on the road. I think because they're playing late afternoon, if they have to play San Francisco, I think that game is a Sunday night potentially, or otherwise just a Sunday afternoon. I do think Eagles, um, Eagles, or whoever whoever wins the Monday night game between Tampa and Dallas, wherever they go, whether that's San Francisco or Philadelphia, because we don't. If the Giants beat the Vikings, then then they go to Philly, and so. Or, yeah, however it, however it all shakes out, that that pl- that winner is going to play on Sunday. So I think what you're looking at here, I, I do think the Vikings probably play Sunday as well. That, that game could be on CBS. I don't know. I don't know how it all shakes out. I just know that the winner of Cowboys-Bucks will be played on Sunday. You can't force them to play on Saturday. That's just ridiculous. So Yeah.
1: The easy thing to do is uh, San Francisco plays on Saturday since they already play on Saturday.
0: What if the Seahawks win, though? Does that change matters? If the Seahawks win, see, it all depends on who wins because if the Seahawks win, then Seahawks-Eagles oh. moves to to Saturday for sure and then Bucks, uh you know, the, the Giants, Vikings, that game goes to Sunday. So, it... It all t- it all depends on who wins. I'm just saying for sure. I because it, for sure, Cowboys-Bucks P- winner is playing on Sunday. So I can't say for certain what's going to happen because it, it just it depends on who wins.
1: A lot of possibilities
0: for sure. For sure.
1: I feel like uh, Bengals-Bills will be the three forty-five game on Sunday.
0: I would assume so. Yep, I think that's a... I, I think that's very... Well, if, very if, if
1: Jacksonville plays Kansas City, you can put that on Saturday. Yep. Viking San Francisco, you can put that on Saturday.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just a disadvantage to have that one less day. But if... I think what hurt the Vikings in that year when they had to go out to San Francisco when they played this beat the Saints was that they were on the road. Playing at home, it's a little bit easier to say, oh, yeah, okay. force them to play Wait, on, thanks. force them to play on a Saturday. So yeah, that, that's probably right. That's probably accurate. Um, before we wrap up, do we need to, to say anything about college basketball? Kentucky is on the outskis now. If you're looking at latest bracketology, they look terrible. Villanova, isn't there anything of college basketball that we need to get to, or should we save that for a week?
1: Texas fired their coach, Chris Beard.
0: Yes, they did, rightfully so.
1: Kansas State is up to number 11. They are good. They jumped up... Uh... I don't know how Kansas State can jump up 15 spots to 11 when they, that means they were 26 last week. So how do you jump up from 26 to 11? Unless, I mean, unless they were 25th last week. I don't, two, three, four, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, four, I don't. So yeah, I don't know how Kansas State goes up 15 spots. That means they would have been unranked last week. So that's odd. would they beat that was so good?
0: They well, beat Texas, it, probably a combination of them winning and other teams losing.
1: Yeah. It's like usually when you're unranked to rank, you're like a dash by your thing. But like, oh, they went up 30 spots from unranked to five. So, yeah, they, they, uh, a lot of points. 97 versus Baylor, 116 versus Texas there a few weeks ago. Uh, some good games tonight. You got Alabama at Arkansas. Interested in that. Uh, Alabama's got a very good offense. My Marquette squad's got a big game at home versus UConn. I think Marquette gets it done tonight. We don't like UConn at all. A uh, big game for Creighton tonight at Xavier. Mm-hmm. I think Xavier wins. Creighton uh, played UConn the other night and lost.
0: So, big game for them. Uh, Houston's back at number one. Our Providence squad. Our Providence squad. Yay, Cooley. Providence, go,
1: Cooley. So, yeah, some uh, some intriguing matchups. Uh, with Purdue? Yeah, we talked about Purdue losing Kansas. Almost lost to Oklahoma.
0: Arizona lost at home to Washington State. Yeah, that's that's unforgivable. So,
1: should be some good games tonight. Yeah, Kentucky looks awful. Uh, Tennessee appears to be the best team in the SEC. Tennessee. I'd love
0: Alabama. to have to not color in the ma- of the state of Kentucky in the map for March Madness Live. this year
1: uh indiana like people loved indiana didn't they at the beginning of the year they're like 30? a top 10 team yep. they're they're 10 and 5 like what, what was so great? they they lost to the northwestern and iowa last week what what was the hard on people had for indiana It's
0: a good
3: question hi travis oh, oh hello hello. Hi, hello how,
1: how are, you? are you how are you
3: good you go to school today yeah
1: what did you, learn? you like your teacher?
4: Yeah, she gave me red Play Doh. Oh, they, really? And it nice.
1: Off. Let, me, let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. <laughs> do, you, do you like the smell of the red Play Doh? Does that smell good?
0: Does, hey,
4: does red Play Doh smell good?
1: Travis asked
0: you a question. Yeah, it's like strawberry. Oh. It's like <laughs> strawberry? Are
1: you kidding me?
0: She's talking to you.
1: Talk to him. Whatever yeah. they make Play Doh out of, I enjoy the smell out of it. Whatever it is, probably not good for you. You can't sit here. So is, is this scented Play-Doh? Is this what I'm led to believe, or is he I making stuff?
0: Well, oh, we've lost him. We've lost him now. He's no. off he's I don't know what he's thinking of. But yeah, apparently he loves Play Doh. He he cheered for the Jackrabbits on Sunday. So we're we're We're, good we're teaching can't him remember. young. We're teaching him young. And uh Duke Duke almost lost to Boston uh, College. So I mean, Duke Duke is not good. That's
1: good to see. Yep. Uh, Virginia beat North Carolina last night. So, but uh, I'm I'm interested at yeah, Iowa State of Kansas this weekend. We'll see how that goes.
0: Well, yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm starting to get interest as well, following along with it, the, the Kentucky thing. That's just it's amazing to me how bad Kentucky is. Um,
1: Do you know?
0: Um, like who, who leads the ACC? Ah, uh, Tennessee. Oh, the, the, the ACC. Oh, the ACC. Um, Miami. Clemson. Oh, jeez. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh was four and zero, and then they lost. So that's yeah.
1: Clemson and Pitt had a game last week for first place, and Clemson. Uh, Clemson's got at Louisville. They'll crush them tonight. Yep. Uh, then Clemson hosts Duke next week, or maybe on Saturday. So I think uh, Clemson's going to beat Duke. And also Armando Baycott got let, or hurt his left ankle last night at Virginia. Oh, Lord. So we'll see. Uh, it looked pretty significant. Well, that's so.
0: not we'll keep track of that. We'll keep track of the college hey, basketball so... this year. No more college football to have to worry about. But we are celebrating the Jackrabbits Noah, no. are you watching the Vikings this weekend? Are you watching the Vikings this weekend? Yeah. Tell him. Tell Travis. Are they going to win? Are they going to win?
4: Are
1: they going to win? Yeah. That's right. Take it from the source. They're going to
0: win. There we go. (laughs) Uh, It's a great day to be a Jackrabbit. Always great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, A lot that we had to get to today, and we'll have plenty to get to next week. But you have a great rest of your week. Uh, Cheer the Vikings on on Sunday. Go big, go blue, go Jacks.
1: I turned my furnace off because the hot stove was so hot. Ah, yes. Uh, we were just running the house on the stove itself. So,
0: DR wood splitter does wonders. I
1: think I think he can officially probably shut it off or at least turn
0: it down. All right, that's that Not works good. for me. <laughs> we'll keep yeah. burning it just in case, but uh, yeah, that was uh, it, it's good for now.
1: Yeah. All right. Go go go, Jackrabbits! And we'll see you next
0: week. All right. Sounds good.
1: Happy so. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday to me. Yes, my birthday is on Wednesday of next week. We'll see you. Oh, Be among the first to wish me a happy birthday. Thank you. You wish Travis a happy
0: birthday, so that's awesome. Wish happy birthday. Is that what he was saying, or what was he saying? I don't know. We were playing with the balloons now and stuff. Uh, ironically, they're, they're green and white. Um, So, happy birthday to.
3: Yeah, I got them yesterday from Mommy. It was my birthday at night.
0: Well, it was your birthday in December. <sighs>
4: Oh, yeah.
0: Post uh, sports day.
4: Yeah. All right. Oh, Chaos 10%. is
0: happening here. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. Have fun. All right. Sounds there good. You go.
2: go. All right. There
0: you go. All right. Travis Grins joining me here. Sports block <sighs> podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Great stuff there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Jackrabbits win. We have plenty to get to. We're gonna react yeah, to that let's more. Go watch
4: football, Dad.
0: Okay, we'll watch football here and uh you know what? We're gonna Uh-oh. we are going to uh to talk more about this with Travis or with uh, with Charlie Hildebrand. But you know, if you're gonna play okay. in Texas.
4: If you are gonna guys, play in Texas, you, you gotta have guys. a fiddle in the band. That the guitar can is hot, you but not both Louisiana
3: man. So crawls enough that both of maybe four that is all age.
0: There we go. You got to have a fiddle in the band. There we go. Just a little bit more sweetness from Texas. The Jackrabbits National Champions. Talking with Charlie about that next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stackin. Travis on Twitter at Travis Krenz. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Jackrabbits National Champions. We talk about it with Charlie next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on this Sports Block podcast, this championship week Sports Block podcast, we're basking in the glory still of SDSU beating down North Dakota State for their first ever FCS national championship. And who better to talk about that with? And also that other national championship game, because I, I believe uh, Charlie Hildebrand here from the Northwest Iowa Review, Charlie, uh, a resident college football expert too. I think I heard there was a national championship game being played Monday night in Inglewood, California, but only one team I showed mean, up. There was a homicide. I don't
3: know if it was a game. Oh,
0: ooh, geez, we don't we don't like homicides here. Um, I heard only one team showed up. Uh, is that? Can you confirm that for me? Yes or no?
3: I mean, it sure seems that way. I'll be honest. I stopped watching at halftime. I figured I'd give it the first half. There was a point where. TCU was up, or not TCU, Georgia was up 24-7, to and I think it was only with like a minute and a half left, they scored to make it or 31-7. or thirty When it was 24-7, I was like, I mean, this isn't good, and TCU's almost certainly going to lose. Maybe badly, the way this is looking, but, you know, you get a turnover or something. And then Georgia scored with like a minute and a half left to go up 31-7, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to stop watching at halftime. I might as well just watch the rest of the half, and then on the first or second, TCU Doug and throws a pick, and Georgia scores again yep. to make it 38-7 in an out. And that just solidified it even more, where it's just like, good job, Georgia. I can find other stuff to do. This is going to get bad. I yep. don't really like watching snuff films, which that essentially turned into. Yep. Also, I looked this up at work today. Do you know the last time TCU lost this badly in football? 58 points was the final margin, if I remember right. I 65-7. I do not, no. Uh, I was alive. I was barely alive. Though. It was in November of 1986. They lost to a top 10 Texas A&M team in the regular season. And in their season, they didn't go to a bowl game because they were bad that year.
2: Yeah.
3: And I don't remember the exact score, but it was like 74-8 to eight or something oh, like God. that. Oh, God. And that is the last time that they lost by as many points. As Sunday night.
0: So normally in the past, over the you know the past few years, when I've had you on the podcast here, we recap the national championship game. We're normally talking at, you know at length for like a half hour or so about the game and all the you know the, the 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 different strategies and the big plays and stuff. There's really nothing to say about this game other than Georgia Georgia was utterly dominant against. A TCU squad that you know what they, they deserve to be there. They beat Michigan. Uh so like let's not say like this was an inferior team, but it was almost like, you know, that, that game against Ohio State, it refocused Georgia. Like they were just in Max Duggan's lap pretty much the entire night. Jalen Carter was getting pressure on Duggan and company like crazy. I don't you know, missing your starting running back certainly doesn't help matters, and that's what TCU, you know, they didn't have But their defense couldn't keep up. I mean, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, with four touchdowns in the first half. Two passing, two rushing. And his two rushing touchdowns, he wasn't touched on either of them, I don't think. He had two more passing touchdowns in the second half. Six total touchdowns. I mean, this was just an absolute annihilation. Ladd McCoskey, uh, Brock Bowers, totally Throttle dominated Technically the I think game. it's
3: Led McConkie Oh McConkie I'm sorry what, you're Even right. weirder yep. than what you said
0: You're right I'm sorry You know go figure McConkie
3: would be a bit more normal There's nothing normal about
0: having Georgia games. Yep you're right I screwed up that one um, That's why I should always Have my, my stats right in front of me Here Then I Otherwise I, I'll get in trouble uh, But I mean this was just Utter domination From Georgia Right from the get go
3: it really was. You talked about how normally we talk longer about meetings. I'm glad that we can talk about SDSU. We'll probably mm-hmm. be talking a lot more about that. But, um, you know, you said sometimes up to half an hour. Before, yeah. when we would do this a lot of times, it was, you know, fancy dinner where you're going out and sit down and order. This is definitely going to be the fast food drive through version. Because yes. it was so, yep. so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was bad. I don't know how much of this was just me trying to convince myself it was going to be close. But I remember that Georgia was up 10 to nothing. And at that point, it was like, TCU's not really doing anything. Georgia seems to be moving the ball pretty easily. This could get bad. And then Georgia screwed up that coverage, and TCU had that long 50-yard pass or whatever. And I remember thinking, like, oh, hey, this is a game battle. And, like, three seconds later, I was like, I think this happened when LSU smoked Oklahoma in a semifinal like three years ago or two years ago. I hope this isn't that same thing. And it turned out it was even worse than LSU and Oklahoma was. That, yep. I mean, I give Georgia I mean, a few things, just enough things you said earlier to touch on. I think that whether Georgia was refocused or not, it was irrelevant. I think that they're so much more talented than TCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think maybe... It's possible that Ohio State, when they were on offensively, maybe was the only team in the country that could have kept up. Um,
0: I agree, because that was our national championship. Pick. Yeah,
3: it really was the national title game. It was, but in the preseason. is not to knock. Yeah. through. go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, preseason, that was our national championship pick. At least it was for me. It was Georgia against Ohio State because of these offenses.
3: Yeah, and. This is not to say, you are know, to poo-poo on TCU and saying they shouldn't have beat Michigan. That's all their fault or anything. That's not how I want this to come across. But I do think Michigan would have made it a closer game against TCU. But by closer, I still think they would have lost by four touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah, it's closer, but it's, I don't think it would have been a good game. Right. Because they're just that much better. And I... Uh, I, I don't remember where I saw this, and I think it was sometime during the game yesterday. Maybe it was even the lead-up to it. But I feel like we didn't... I mean, we always talk about the talent level at Georgia and how good their defense is. This year especially, I don't know if we truly appreciated like how good their offense was mm-hmm. while being like so balanced, too. Because mm-hmm. if you think of almost any team in the last 10 to 15 years... There's some of them who are like, well, they're balanced. They have this good running back. And it's like, well, I mean, they're sort of balanced, but if you take away the run, they can't throw it well. Or other teams that are like, well, they can throw it well, but you can stop the run and, you know, put five in the box and stop their running game and they can throw it. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But this, this Georgia team truly was like, oh, yeah, if you want to load up to stop the run, we'll easily throw it. We have no problems. Our players are better than yours. And if you say, we don't want to get beat deep, let's just put six in the box or seven in the box and hope we can make plays. And it's like, sorry, it's not going to work. We're better I mean, it might work for a couple of plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were a few times TCU got, you know, tackles for loss in a short game, but it just, the brutal efficiency that they had, like brutal efficiency while also easily getting big plays all the time.
0: Yes. Oh, is
3: yep. incredibly impressive the way that they did it.
0: Well, last year George's defense historically good. I mean, they were so good. They had great guys, great players at all three levels of the defense. And the offense was fine, but it was more like Stetson Bennett was a more of a game manager, so to speak. Like he was you know, he would make some plays, but they would rely on their defense, they would rely on the ground game, and they, they would just get by. This year Stetson Bennett IV has really emerged as a as a very good quarterback in the SEC and, and all of college football. I don't think that's going to translate so much to the NFL.
3: But no, you, it definitely won't.
0: But think about this guy being a walk-on at Georgia. I mean, he went to a community college, I think, in Mississippi, and then for him to do what he's done in the four playoff games that he's played in for Georgia, it's unreal. I mean, no one you – know, I don't – you're – You might never see this again unless, you know, I guess when they expand the playoff, maybe. I don't know if I'd say
3: never, but probably not for a while. It's a he he absolutely I mean, it helps that he had loads of talent around him. Yeah. But he definitely maximized his potential. I mean, he's the poster child for literally getting everything out of the talent, the body that he had.
0: Yeah. And I'm not I don't want to take anything away from TCU season because it was great. Georgia just on another level. And I think a lot of people, myself included, I still picked Georgia to win that this game, but I was a little more hesitant just because of what TCU was able to do against Michigan and because of how bad Georgia looked against Ohio State. I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe this uh, you know TCU's gonna keep it close. And if you keep it close late, they can pull out this win. But Georgia just right from the get-go said, yeah, no, not gonna happen. I thought maybe we're gonna get a game when TCU scored to cut the lead to 10 at 17-7. And it never I mean, Georgia quickly responded. They, you know, their six drives in the first half resulted in five touchdowns and a field goal. Not in that order. But I mean it was just incredible. And so I'm gonna ask you two questions here about this. Because and then I, I have no more thoughts. If you have a few more thoughts on it, please feel free to share. But A. Do you? I, I feel like we can install Georgia as a college football playoff team next year and maybe the national championship favorite because I've learned my lesson from last year. They're not just going to re, regroup or retool. They're reloading, and they're going to be just fine next year. And so, a Do you think Georgia should be the the national favorite and make it to the college football playoff again? And B. Is this dominance by Georgia in the national t- championship game and a potential three-peat, is that good for college football as a whole?
3: Okay. First question: What was the first part of the question? Do Just a quick. Do
0: you think Georgia should be. Are they going
3: to be the favorite and be in the playoff next yes, year? Yes,
0: be the favorite and make it back to the college football playoff.
3: I think they will absolutely be the favorite, unless something really weird happens in the transfer portal over the next few months. But I think they'll definitely be the favorite. The only thing, and I'm going to preface this with saying that every team has issues, even if you win a national title and have 20 starters back. Mm-hmm. They're still like, oh, are they going to do this? Can they replace this? Mm-hmm. I do want, I, this is not to say they can or won't do it, but. It's worth noting that a lot of times Georgia's been loaded with talent over the last 15 or 20 years and just doesn't get their quarterback spot right. If they don't get the quarterback spot right, they could they could still win the SEC and make the playoffs. They could maybe even win the national title still. But the way the game's changed and favors offense, I think it's hard to win a national title if you don't have a really good quarterback. And they at times have struggled to do that. I don't think, I mean, I, feel, I think they'll have someone good enough but I mean, we've seen it with Clemson, where I mean, I don't know if they had like truly win the national title talent the last couple of years, but it just didn't really work out with DJ at quarterback. And if Georgia kind of gets into that weird funk, even with what looks like right now like a relatively easy schedule, I can, I think it's possible that they could lose some games.
2: Mm-hmm. But
3: at the same time, I also feel like I did in two thousand four, five, and six. You know, people said USC was going to win the national title when it was March. And I was like, well, I mean, probably, but they do have some things they have to work on. So, I, But I, I do think that they're definitely going to be the favorite. I mean, the way they've recruited and coached and, and played. I mean, they went undefeated this year. I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that have gone, you know, 15-0 and in the college football playoff era. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly difficult to do.
0: It is, Absolutely. Uh, so do and you, then,
3: yeah. what was the second part?
0: Do you think that Georgia's dominance, not just in the national championship game, but going for that potential three-peat, is that good for the sport?
3: I don't think it's good if Georgia really does 3 and win three in a row necessarily. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that. But I think the, the journey and the run to try to, to get a three-peat would be incredibly good. I do wish that they had a tougher schedule next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, we do this all the time. There's times schedules don't look tough and a couple teams step up, and it's a lot harder than we thought originally. But if Georgia has, you know, let, let's just say they randomly lose a game. this teams do that all the time. They randomly lose a game, but they win the SEC East and win the SEC,
4: beat
3: Alabama or LSU or whoever,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and are in the 14 playoffs. I think it's good if it's like, hey, Georgia could win three in a row, but who has a chance to stop them? And I don't know who that would be next year off the top of my head. USC
0: was you know, the only they're... team that comes to mind for me.
3: I think it's, you know, okay, you know what, you brought up a great point there, Stack. USC was really good this past year. They bring their quarterback back, which always makes it, you know, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback mm-hmm. back, which is always good because there's recognition And then if you go, USC, established power program, although they've not been as good as they want the last five years, but them, like, oh, my God, they're they're in the national – mid the playoff and they're in the national final game, trying to unseat back-to-back champ Georgia going for their third in a row. I don't know if it would be – I'm not saying it would be, but, like, the last time we had that happen, essentially, was when Texas and USC played in the Rose Bowl in 2006. And if, even, even if, it, if it's a good game, I think that would be great for college football. I think the problem would be is if Georgia just goes out next year, beats everyone by four touchdowns, and then, mm-hmm. you know, wins a semifinal game by 30 and a national title game by 20, and it's never that close. I think that would be bad to an extent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not to get too paradoxical with stuff here, if Georgia goes nine and three and doesn't make, you know, the SEC title game and is in a ho hum bowl game next year, I don't think that's good for college football either. I think right. you need a villain in college football and it's been Alabama. I think it's definite. I mean, I think Alabama will still be a villain. But I think it's definitely gonna be Georgia as the top villain next year. Oh yeah. Everyone not named Georgia but that everyone that's not a Georgia fan is going to be hoping and praying that lose every single game. <laughs> and when that gets eyeballs and whatever, there's like, oh, my God, did you know that, you know, I'm trying to think of something that would be realistic next year. But, you know, if it's like, oh, my God, all of a sudden Auburn's really good. Auburn's only down seven in the fourth quarter to Georgia. Everyone's like, oh, my God, we got to turn it there quick. That's the stuff that's really, really good for college football. And mm-hmm. I hope stuff like that happens.
0: Well, I can say this, uh, just watching you know, the pregame and I think even like David Pollock was saying at halftime, like Georgia's taking control of this sport and like their dominance, like this is an Alabama-esque run and Nick Saban is on set and Nick Saban looks like he uh, wants to be anywhere but there watching Georgia's dominance. It feels like Georgia is turning into the Alabama of early Saban years. Or mid-saving years.
3: Maybe. That's- I don't want to get there yet because I think going back 20s, you know, 30 years, I think Nebraska, depending on how you classify whether the split titles count one way or another, but Nebraska, USC, Alabama, are the, and now Georgia are the only schools that have won back-to-back titles. Mm-hmm. I think to truly be at Alabama's level, they'd have to either win one this year or that, or in 2023 or 24, to say they either won three in a row or three out of four, because only Nebraska and Alabama have won three out of four in the last 40 years. Right. I don't think anyone's won three in a row since World War II. So obviously, if they did that, that would put them
0: there. I think the golfers might have done that in the 40s,
3: maybe. Yeah, they may have. To. I mean, before, yeah, but before they went, you know, unlimited substitutions and two-way players. Yep. It was a much different game, and I don't yes. know all the ins and outs of it then, but I don't, but long story short, I don't think they're quite all the way there. Like, they're most of the way, but if they want to be like, we're Alabama, I think it needs at least one more in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I'm not saying I, I agree with you on that. It's just the way they're going and with a, like their their dominance that they've shown over the last couple of years, it has that Alabama-esque feel. Like, they, it's no longer Alabama's conference in the SEC it's Georgia's uh it's no longer Alabama's sport and everyone's chasing Alabama it's everyone's chasing Georgia now and it could be a rough little patch here for Nick Saban and well this
3: just popped into my head too we were talking about what's good for college football Mm -hmm. I can tell you what's not good for college football this so this kind of a little bit goes against what I said earlier but I think would still be true a national title game between Georgia and Alabama, that's a rematch of the SEC title game next year. Yeah. That would not be good for college football, Agreed. I don't think.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Congrats to Georgia on just an, a very impressive yet boring national championship game uh, beating TCU 65-7. to 7. Now, this is the point of the uh, – this is the time of the podcast where – Wait, real least, quick. I have yeah. One, one yep. last
3: thing. Yes. This is just on – this is on TCU. Yep. That – and, and, and this is weird because there aren't many scenarios I can think of like this, other than kind of Nebraska in 2001, is that a lot of it, I mean, they should remember most of the season fondly, mm-hmm. but the weird thing is, is not only did they not win the national title, they did not win the conference title either. So they can't even be like, hey, well, you know, we don't want to talk about the national final. Yeah. Remember the conference title? We won that, guys. Because they yeah. didn't win that either. It's, it's a weird thing where, sure is. you know, they were Big 12 title game participants and finished second in the country, but technically weren't the champions of anything, which is very rare. And I mean, it happens in, bat, in college basketball all the time, mm-hmm. but weird for college football.
0: So this is normally the, the point of the podcast where I say, oh, and, you know, the FCS level, North Dakota State one, boo, we don't like the Bison, but they, they're so good, yada, yada, yada. And then I say, Charlie, as always, I thank you for your time during this college football season. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know we'll chat down the line and look forward to speaking with you and having you on the podcast again for next year. Not this year, not this time, because we are spending a good amount of time talking about SDSU, not San Diego State, but South Dakota State's first ever national championship with a dominating performance, not not Georgia-esque, but eh, somewhat someone close beating North Dakota State 45 to 21 there in Frisco on Sunday. Uh, I mean, just, I, just basking in the glow of this victory. I will admit, I was totally nervous. Going into this game, I'm sure you were as well, thinking, yes, SDSU is the better team. And even when they're up 28-7, to 7, it's like, oh my gosh, this is way too much time. Look out, like, look what North Dakota State can do. I was expecting their defense to come up with a few more stops. And then even when that 99-yard touchdown drive happened, it's like, okay, they're using up a lot, lot of time. But they're still within, you know, striking distance. And then SDSU kept answering it. It was just so good. this If there was ever any doubt about SDSU being able to beat NDSU, they they answered that. They were clearly the better team from start to finish on Sunday in Frisco.
3: They get kind of like Georgia, they were brutally efficient on offense yes, while they also were. getting big plays. Um, to North Dakota State's credit, they played much better than TCU did. Yes. Um, And you know, did a few good things on offense. Um, Look, you touched on this. There were a couple of times I kind of got nervous. Um, They they obviously get the three and out to start, and SDSU driving down to score. I felt great. Yes. And then North Dakota State drove down and scored. It was tied at seven. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I should have seen that coming. Yep. And then I know SDSU scored three in a row, and they were up twenty-eight to seven. I thought, great, just blow them out of the water, bounce their heads off the turf. Run away! This with this and win by forty, and then when North Dakota State drove down and scored to make it twenty-eight fourteen, in like a minute, I was like, no, it was like no, four
0: plays. Oh no! no, no I'm nervous again. Yes, yes. I and mean, I think it's just a custom because we're so used to seeing North Dakota State win these games. I mean, they were nine and zero in national championship games in Frisco. They'd never lost in Frisco before, and I get that SDSU was playing really well, but you're just kind of waiting for that little swoon to happen. And NDSU to take advantage of that. And plus, like, I'm seeing Cam Miller complete a lot of passes. He completed one pass against Incarnate Word. And I'm pretty sure SDSU's defense is better than the Word. And I I would agree with and, that. And the Word is good. No, I'm just kidding, we're not getting are not getting quite down that path. But it's like, okay, SDSU secondary, what's going on here? And yet they, they responded well, they they blitzed a lot, they, they stopped the run for the most part, they forced turnovers, and as you said, the, the offense was great. Amar Johnson and Isaiah Davis with both over 100 yards. Grenowski with three passing touchdowns and a 51-yard scamper for a score. I mean, this was just as beautiful of a game offensively as I can ever recall, given the caliber of opponent that SDSU was playing.
3: Yeah, I would imagine there are tons of uh, FCS or FBS. I mean, I know it happens, but aren't a lot of national title games where the winning team scores 45 points. I mean, you've got to play well against anybody to get to 45. Well, both, either either that or you just need the other team to throw three big sixes. The both winners. Obviously, SDSU, all their touchdowns were on offense. Yep.
0: Georgia and South Dakota State combined for 110 points in their championship games.
3: That's pretty good. Pretty good day. Um, I'm trying to think of just other stuff. I, uh, I remember, well, you touched on this, but I know that when North Dakota State had the 99-yard touchdown drive, if I remember right, I think made it 38-21. Uh,
0: Yes, yes.
3: I believe, but I remember thinking, I don't know why, but there was that one time earlier in the second half that North Dakota State scored down 24 and didn't go for two. That was it. That was like the touchdown. Yeah, I,
0: I don't get that. I, I do I not understand either. that.
3: It seemed incredibly stupid. I wonder if they just, like, did they add wrong and think they were down 25? Oh, I don't know. But good then question. when they scored to cut it to 17, I and mean, you touched on this, and I, I remember thinking the same things. I was like, well, that sucks that they scored. It took them a lot of time, though. Yes. And then, unless SDSU just goes three and out right away, they'd still need three scores, so I mean, I feel pretty good about this. And then I think SDSU may have gone three and out on the next drive, but if I, I don't remember who it was, but if I remember right, they got a turnover on defense, and then they had a long touchdown pass. Yep, you so, know, on third and fifteen or whatever. Yep, to, Yonke. to one of the two twins. I forget which one of the two. I think it was, was Jaden.
0: I think it was Jaden.
3: Yeah, but you know, like most people. I mean, I I, I was pretty sure they were going to win before that, but once that happened, it was just like, well, this is over. Yes, and this is great, and I. Like I, I it Also, I, I generally feel like my thing was right or either it was going to be really close and they were going to blow them out. I don't feel like this qualifies as like the they just kind of won by 14 and it wasn't ever that big of a deal. Like, I think they were up by enough that, you know, we would say that it was a butt me. Yes. Oh, for sure. I mean, yep. we, could, we could litigate that a little bit, but, you know, no, was, I, when you're up three scores for the entire fourth quarter, it's hard to be like, I don't know, it was it was, it was It was. pretty close, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. I think they won pretty handily. And also, I'm very glad that Stig has a national title.
0: I am too. He's one of the truly great guys. I mean, when you're bringing up your dad on the farm and stuff, when just talking about what it means and just all the hardware, it's like, yeah, you, you are such a – I mean this in the nicest way possible. He's a simpleton. Like, he's just – He's just that kind of guy. He's not caught up in everything. He's not like a Kirby Smart or a Nick Saban. He's just a wonderful person. And now, after 26 years as head coach at his alma mater, at his school, he is a national champion.
3: And... And if I remember, think it's the first Division One national championship in school history, right? Yes,
0: yes. I don't. Think I mean, I
3: don't, I don't. I don't. think they had one like equestrian or anything like that. Oh yeah. I no. mean, clearly yep. it's the first Division One one in football, basketball, volleyball, or baseball or softball. Yes. You know, Big
0: sports. Yep. I made a. I made a comment to uh, some of the uh, the guys we were. I was watching the game with. I said. Hey, we're going to be on. We're going to see SDSU now in the Capital One Cup standing because <laughs> we've won Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, um, it, it was just great. So, a, f- a few points here. I, I'm going to state facts because a or a one. However, you want to start with this one. Bison, the, the excuses from the Bison fans were starting to come out right at, you know, we heard a little bit prior to the game. They but of they
3: course Yes.
0: Well, they were like, oh, you know, they're, they're trying to take away from the Jackrabbits. Uh, before, oh, we, we were down so many guys. We weren't at full strength. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Two?
3: Yes, because, of course, yeah. South Dakota State's players were all 100% out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because Tucker Craft was, what, Zach Heinz had broke a foot or whatever? Uh, was that... Like, the day before, did he even play in this game? Or if he did, he didn't play much. So, um, yeah, yeah, because injuries didn't affect SDSU at all this season. Two, it's a fact. North Dakota State has nine championships at the FCS level. SDSU has one. There's no disputing that, and that's something that SDSU aspires to become. Three, SDSU handed NDSU their first ever loss in Frisco. And that can never be taken away. Four, at least as of right now, NDSU has never beaten SDSU in Frisco. That can change at some point. But for now, NDSU can't say that. They do, they just can't. And five, this, chant, this title means, you know, it's one, but it's so big because it's against the rival. Like, we now have more championships head-to-head, like, in the championship game against the Bison than they do us. I will say that, in my personal opinion, this championship, I know it doesn't count for any more, but to me, it almost feels like I could count it for five. Of Four or five or multiple championships just because of the opponent, just because of all the history involved, because it's SDSU's first, and because they handed NDSU so many firsts of their own on the wrong side of things. So that's my opinion, but those first four or five things, statements that I made, those are facts. Those are true and utter facts, and Bison fans can try and dispute it all they want, and guess what? They can go suck eggs because... There's no denying just how good SDSU was and how good it appears they can be next year with pretty much the entire team coming back outside the seniors, of course, and tight end Tucker Craft, because they all want to run it back again.
3: There's a lot of stuff there. I want to start this yes, way. Yes, I know. I You I, do, I your, really want you to do your North Dakota State fan impression and ask me when the last time. You'd be like, hey, I know they won on Sunday, but when was the last time that South Dakota State won national title? So asked you that the North Dakota State
0: fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, know, you guys won on Sunday, but when was the last time you won, won a championship before that?
3: Uh, we won a national title on Sunday, so <laughs> there you go. The last time we won a national title was two days ago on Sunday. Yes. Oh, but besides just think, that, just think of all the all the all the uh, the uh, the poor dirty children in North Dakota being born that will not know what it's like for Bison to be the national title.
0: Yes, I said bison with an S. Yes, Uh, yes, yeah. Oh, you didn't say bison; you said bison. Mm. Nope.
3: Um, Nope. If you win five national titles in a row, I'll consider pronouncing it with a C. But you're not even the reigning champ, so you don't get your way.
0: And NDSU is still going to be really good for years to come. This rivalry is not going away, but you know, given and, and at some point, it's going to end. That SDSU will not retain possession of the Dakota marker. They will lose to NDSU. Again, but I just remember going But not today, Strat. Not today. Not today. I just remember you know seeing all these, you know, uh bison bitches on Twitter. And not to, to clarify, not every NDSU fan is the same. There are NDSU fans out there who are just like, you know what, we've won a lot, you know, this get a little tired. Yes, you know, I cheer for them, but you know what? I'm okay. I appreciate those Bison fans because they're out there, but it's kind of like in, in our political system, the moderates are oftentimes shouted down by the extremists. And you have the narcissistic Bison fans who are just, you know, and it's, it's narcissistic and obnoxious. I don't care how you want to classify them, but those are the three classes of Bison fans. The normal ones, the respectful ones that you can have a conversation with, and then the obnoxious and the um, the narcissists who just always are about that, oh, you know, they, they can't give credit, there's just excuse making all the way around. So I, I do want to point out that there are several you know Bison fans out there that I do not have a problem with.
3: I don't know a lot, The ones I've met, I generally did not care for. <laughs> and I'm glad that South Dakota State beat them. And I hope that North Dakota State gets on it. And also to celebrate, I had a Frisco burger on Monday. My last non-healthy thing I ate before with Healthy Iowa started in honor of South Dakota State winning there you Frisco. Go.
0: Yep, I, I, made, I wanted to do that as, well, I haven't gotten around to it yet. But I know that eventually the Jacks are like this this win streak is going to come to an end. That the that the uh, the Dakota Marker is going to go back to North Dakota State for a time or two. A year, we'll see. But now for I remember just hearing all of these Bison fans are seeing it on Twitter, like, oh, we'll enjoy the Dakota Marker in your trophy case, ha ha ha. And now I could say, hey, suck it, guys. We have a trophy in our case too, and it was it just happened to be against you, and it looks really good next to that Dakota Marker. So shut the hell up.
3: I would also add to just be like that this would be fun to say, something to the effect of like, hey, yeah, I mean, you guys are okay. You know, you're not nearly as good as the Holy Cross team you play, but, you know, maybe in a few <laughs> years you guys can be good. Holy Cross was the real national title game. Yes, yeah. And which is not something – if you would have told me South Dakota State was going to win the national title the second you showed me the bracket, I never would have guessed that Holy Cross would have been the, the toughest and closest game.
0: Yep. And who knows what would have happened in that Montana State game if their quarterbacks uh don't go down with injury. And you know what? Does it sound like I'm maybe being a little obnoxious and uppity and you know, a little you know, what I call NDSU fans about this national championship? Yeah, I am. I cause we have been Uh, like just chastised and talked down to for time and for multiple times. So allow us to bask in this glory of this national championship and also point out the facts that I stated earlier, that this was against NDSU, that this was your first ever loss in Frisco, that this was, you know, in terms of head to head national championships now, SDSU one NDSU zero for now. So you know what? I'm sorry. I'm stating facts and Bison fans don't like it, Again, you have your nine national championships and SDSU can only hope that they can get to that point somewhere down the line. I doubt it'll happen, but you never know. But for now, we're national champions. We beat you. It doesn't matter how it looked. And I, oh, Fargo South. Oh, yeah, all those Bison fans there. 70% of the crowd was wearing blue. All right, so where, where was this Fargo South that I heard so much about?
3: Yeah, I don't know. It, uh... Couldn't tell you about that. I'm glad that uh, there were a lot more South Dakota State fans there. I'm not stunned by that. I'm not either. It was the national title game, and I mean, it's not the first one they played in, but the first one that wasn't, you know, COVID restricted and yeah. you know, all, all all of that stuff. So um, the other thing is that oh my god, it's hard to explain how painful this would have been if South Dakota State lost. Right. It's think, not exactly yeah. the same, but the only thing I can think of recently. Izzy would have been like Duke losing to North Carolina in the Final Four mm-hmm. after losing to him in the regular season. That that kind of like, oh no. With the only difference was that we knew ahead of time that that was going to be Coach K's last year. Yep. Which now brings me to this question, Stacking. Do you think Stick retires after winning the national title there?
0: You know, I don't think so. I think he's going to go at least one more year. I think he wants to see if he can repeat his back to back with the whole team coming back. For the most part, by the sounds of it, I think he he comes back. Um, I really Off the top of
3: my head, I would say, and I don't know the answer to this question, but how many offensive linemen did they lose? Because they truly had a really, really great offensive line.
0: I I think, I I know two of the guys who could have left are coming back for another year. Um, Like McCormick and, I don't know greenwood or something like that i I know that i know greenfield Greenfield, green Valley's
3: own greenfield from the northwest Iowa Review's coverage area yes
0: yes i know i I, didn't
3: know that he was coming back so if he is that's good
0: I, i am pretty sure that they are coming back so i don't think they're losing much on the offensive line though i know those were two big pieces that may have come back and i also just want to say that if sdsu had lost to ndsu NDSU fans would never let SDSU fans live it down. So for them now to say... Oh, no.
3: Like, they, they would have told everyone that this was... You know, usually when you're winning your 10th national title in 12 years or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd be like, yeah, I've got a numb to this by 10. They would have said that that was the greatest of all men and never would have let not just South Dakota State, but anyone in the Missouri Valley Conference. For sure. And, and so that's but like, why, Nope, doesn't matter. We're better than
0: everyone. Yep. And so that's why like, I can't... I can't take that side, that that argument seriously. Like, oh, act like you've been there before and whatnot. No, because you really went haven't today. been there
3: before. It's the first time. It, right. But I they, mean, they like, they this isn't the down. exact same thing, but, I mean, it's like when the Red Sox beat the Yankees and went on to win the World Series for yes. the first time. Yes, yes. It's like, now, if you keep being annoying for months on months and years on years, that's bad. But there's also, like, a, a point of, like, yeah, it's probably going to be a little long. And it's the same with, I think, any fan base for the most part. It's like, yeah, they'll probably be a little obnoxious for four or five days after winning. And then they'll eventually calm down. But, you know, that's just how it goes. I mean, plenty of places burn couches when they win national titles. Nice. I don't know if they did that in bookings or not, but...
0: I just I, I just know that that's what they would have done. They could say, oh, we want to No, like, we knew what NDSU was going to say. We knew what they were going to do if they beat SDSU. So... You, they can't come at SDSU fans for saying, oh, oh, look at, you know, act like you've been there before. You know, we should have played at full strength. The excuse is, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I just don't. SDSU is better. They were better all year long. You were the team that blew a 14 point lead at home and lost the Dakota marker, if I'm not mistaken, back in October. You're the team that had lost three straight to South Dakota State. I mean, so let's not pretend like this isn't something that you didn't see coming and also again just given everything in national championship games now when SDSU and NDSU have played against one another it's SDSU 1 NDSU 0 for now that will inevitably change but for now SDSU has the upper hand in that regard and I know if the Bison had won they would say the exact same thing so I'm sorry shut the hell up
3: Another question for you, Stackin. I yes. remember at least one. I don't remember how many there were, but do you remember or know how many trick plays North Dakota State ran on offense? Um I, maybe I'm mistaken. I feel like it was at least three or four in the game. I, I just remember the
0: one like the, the pitch back or like the the off to the running back, gave it to the wide receiver, the the quarterback, and it lost nine yards. That was the one I remember the most. That didn't that didn't work at
3: all. Well, there was the if I remember right, their first or their second one was a trick. Their first or second touchdown was a trick play. I don't remember how it was set up. I don't remember if it was a flea flicker or what. But I feel like they did they did something. that got their tight end. I mean, he wasn't really open, but but either way, I was just going to say that when they're uh, when you're resorting to trick plays on offense in a national title game. Not like, hey, we're just doing one to keep you honest. But like, hey, we're doing a few of these. It's definitely like, oh, we don't have any confidence in our offense.
0: Well, I know SDSU also, did it right away. And, you know, that, that one that passed to Michael Morgan. And they tried a couple other ones, too. It's like, wow, SDSU is confident that they're – like, it wasn't – like to your point, it wasn't that NDSU had to try the, these plays to get yards down the field. It was SDSU saying – yeah, we know we can pick this up regardless, but we're, we just want to see if this play will work, and and it did the majority of the time.
3: I don't even remember one SDSU trick play. It, there was, it was that one early that was an incomplete pass and it didn't even work.
0: Yep, the I think the Michael Morgan play, the tight end number thirty four, that was a trick play because and there was one like where Granowski's faking like he's going to go down on a knee. And whatnot, but I'm pretty sure the Michael Morgan play was a was a trick play
3: esque, or okay. maybe
0: not.
3: I mean, I'll take your word for it. I don't specifically remember, but but anyways, this was just going to be a larger point that you know. Also, North Dakota State didn't have any faith in their passing game, or at least not much to be like, hey, we're on our own one. Let's nickel and dime this for you know four yards a time and go twelve plays to score, and let's also not go for two. And stuff like that. It just There was a lot of North Dakota State stuff that in some ways seemed like, are you guys just trying to get out of here and know that this should get really ugly? Yeah. And trying to make it less ugly than it could be? But
0: that was the drive I was kind of referring to where I got a little frustrated and a little... Like, that was the double-edged sword. Oh, okay, they scored to cut it close, but, you know, they, they took so much time off. But I was... I was honest, like it was 39 at the two and SDSU rushes three guys and they let the Bison pick up like 28 yards on a first down. It's like, okay, where's the secondary here? I think they did like multiple times on that drive. But then when they didn't go for two, it's like, what are you doing? Like, someone's got to alert them like, hey, we're, it's a three-score game. Let's try and go for two to make it a two-score game because if I, it, just, it didn't make any sense to me. And I don't know. I I feel like you know we had that the point about Georgia being the national champions and should they be favored next year? If pretty much the entire team from SDSU is coming back and they're getting a really good wide receiver from Sioux Falls, I believe this uh, was it Wilder or something. Whatever his last name is, he's supposed to be really good. They're getting a lot of good recruits. Uh, They they have this quarterback coming in from Texas uh, who will you know sit for at least a year behind Gronowski, and that's just fine cuz Gronowski's playing really good but he's supposed to be the uh, a really really outstanding recruit from the state of Texas like SDSU is building this has built this team similar to that of NDSU but I feel like it's different because or to a degree because yes they can run the ball effectively like you have the 605 hogs that's always been there it's just you know it, it's not the let's just run it down your throat with a fullback and whatnot like NDSU does. But there are so many other playmakers that SDSU has, and they're kind of becoming tight end you, at least at the FCS level.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know who else you would say is tight end you at the FCS level. I mean, well, I, you I guess we should say, you say we have, said, to, you we have to wait until Kraft gets drafted. But...
0: Oh, he, I mean, he's that would take what,
3: two and four years or five years that have been drafted?
0: Yep, I, he's going to get drafted. He's the number two ranked tight no, end No, I mean, I, I know he
3: is. I'm just yep. saying we have to wait until it happens. Yes. Because it just, it technically yep. hasn't happened yet. Right. But, yeah.
0: Yep, you're right. Because he could get injured or something. But, yeah, between, you know, Dallas Goddard and one. Well, I thought it was really cool, too, that um, the Rams were playing the Seahawks. And you had Christian Roseboom. From the Rams and Cade Johnson with the Seahawks, and they were able to exchange jerseys afterward and celebrate together in SDSU championship. Only like two or three hours after the game got done,
3: I didn't see that. That's uh, that's fun. I like that. So that's really cool. And also, cool. shout out to Christian Roseboom, who's from Sioux Center.
0: There you go. And I believe um, on uh, the the mega cast last night, or on the on the college football uh, pregame show. Pat McAfee referenced Max Duggan being from a small town in Iowa. So I believe that's right in your coverage area. I don't, know, is he? It's
3: not in our cover. I mean, I understand why you might think that. I'm not trying. Oh, I thought it was. It is not. Council Bluffs is like. So Sheldon is roughly in the middle of our coverage area. Okay. Which is why they put the headquarters there. Council Bluffs is probably two and a half. Three hours south of Sheldon. Okay. There's also a Sargent Bluff, which is not in our coverage area either, but it's a lot closer. It's it's in Sioux City's coverage area. Okay. But it's like an hour south of
0: us. And I thought he was maybe, I thought Duggan was from Sioux City or somewhere around I'm like, Sioux City's not really a small town in Iowa, but I'm like, I'm, I thought that was in. Your it's like an area. hour
3: and a half south okay. of Sioux City. Because okay. I know I did the one thing so many years ago, the top. Uh, Siouxland football players, and I remember yeah. asking our editor, We'd be like, Hey, do they have TV teams we cover? Or can they be a little outside? It was like, How far outside are you talking? And I was like, How about Ardington in Nebraska and Council Bluffs in Iowa? Because there was a guy going to Nebraska and a guy going, and obviously, mean, I, at the time, I don't think I don't remember if we knew Dugan was going to, to uh, TCU or not, but anyways, long story short, is that just the, the top Siouxland football prospects I started because I wanted to do something, and there was also a kid in, literally, in our coverage area who ended up going to Iowa, on offensive lineman. Okay. And I was just like, oh, there's these five guys who are all within two hours or so of Sioux City? I feel like this is sort of something. But anyways, long story short, Council Bluffs is not in our coverage area, but compared to a lot of places in Iowa, it's not that far away. I mean, it's a bit far away, like two and a half hours, but...
0: I'm trying not to be st- too obnoxious with this jackrabbit victory here but at the same time you have to celebrate it appropriately and again given the opponent like i you know if, if sdsu's first national championship had been against sam houston state a couple years ago in the spring and then they beat ndsu like yes it would have meant a lot that they beat ndsu but it wasn't their first so it's like, okay, I mean, this is really nice, but I don't think the excitement level would be there like it was on Sunday. And I just think overall, SDSU fans not if are— the game,
3: I think not if the game played out the same way. Right. If it, it was a close back-and-forth game, I think it would have been. But since it was, you know, you know, once they went up 28-7, you know, other than a brief period when it was twenty eight fourteen, 14 they were never within— Scores, so I feel. like I, I think that's part of it. But if, yeah. if if it was basically like the Sam Houston State game, more or less, I think it would have been more or less the same level of excitement in enthusiasm, especially for the winning team after
0: first. Oh, for sure, for sure. I just I feel like SDSU fans overall are conducting themselves really good, and maybe I'm going a little uh, above and beyond, a little extreme on some of these NDSU faithful or whatnot, but like I said, I classify them in certain care. I'm not saying this is all NDSU fans, but I think we are allowed as Jackrabbit fans to be able to, you know, rub it in a little bit uh, to the Bison fans and say, yeah, we just beat you guys in the national championship for our first one. And we have more championships now head to head in the national championship game than you do. It's just stating facts. And so, I I think there is some something that you can, There's some way that you can look at that and be proud. But we're not going to. I don't want Jackrabbit fans to become what nor uh, what I would say the majority of Bison fans are. Or maybe maybe majority is not the right word, but some Bison fans are.
3: Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, I hope they experience that same level of success right only that North Dakota State does, but that's not likely for anyone in any sport. In um, another comparative thing to North Dakota State and South Dakota State, you may I mean, maybe you saw this or remember this. I don't know. This was from a few years ago. I don't remember if it was SB Nation or Every Day Should Be Saturday. It was one of those uh, blogs online. Uh, that were better than all the other blogs. But I remember they had something that was, you know, essentially saying like, hey, you know, if you're Auburn, you're really good at football. But you hate Alabama, and Alabama's way more successful, even though you're one of the most successful teams. How annoying is that? And then they, they talked about how they had a long story on how the FCS equivalent was North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Oh, South Dakota State had never won a national yeah. title. Because yeah, this was, you know, three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and North Dakota State won a ton and what that's like, and this is just in terms of what you were saying right there about celebrating it. To compare it to Auburn, do you know how many national titles that Auburn has won in the last forty years? Stacking uh, one, one. Yep, they've had other times they were really close and could have won. They had the two thousand four season where they went undefeated and did win. I think he had another undefeated season in the 90s, but they were on probation and didn't play as tough of the schedule, so they were never going to win one that year. But they only have won that one in 2010 with Cam Newton in yours or I, my lifetime. I've got it open real quick on Wikipedia. I'm double-checking. Yeah, though that's the only one. So, I mean, I hope South Dakota State wins more, but mm-hmm. it's possible that this is the only one they'll win.
0: In Potentious. our lifetime.
3: Yep. So you got to celebrate it while you can do it.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I think what also makes this sweeter, at least from my standpoint, and maybe you agree to, to a certain aspect of it, like for for SCSU to beat your rival NDSU in a national championship game – I'll never get that from the Vikings. Like, the Vikings can't beat the Packers for the Super Bowl. Your Dolphins can't beat the That's Patriots. That's true. That's a good point. Or they can't the,
3: beat the Patriots or the Bills in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah,
0: like, uh, like Nebraska uh. – I suppose, you know, Nebraska maybe could beat uh, who uh, like Missouri or Texas or Oklahoma or something in a national championship game. So that uh, that's a possibility, but at least on the NFL side or the professional sports side of it, your rivals for the most part are within your division or conference. So you can't play them for all of the marbles whereas in at the FCS level or college football, college basketball, you can. So that's what makes this one all that more st- uh, meaningful at least to me is seeing that hey i don't think i'll be able to ever see sdsu or another one of my teams beat their rival for a championship again at least at the professional level But maybe we'll see ndsu and sdsu again in uh, in frisco hopefully we do and hopefully sdsu continues to win but inevitably they won't um But that's, I think, what also makes this more meaningful is beating your rival and knowing that that doesn't always happen in the biggest of games.
3: That's a good point, and this has caused my mind to turn into overdrive real quick, thinking of other examples here. But, like, I'm not including, like, Alabama plays Clemson and they played in the national title or semifinals a bunch, Mm -hmm. you know, four or five times in a row. They're like, we're rivals now. It's like, well, not really. You're both really good. But you're not like real rivals, like, you know, long time decades and decades old rivals. If are. you were
0: real rivals, you would play each other every year then.
3: And you so this is what I'm thinking of just in terms of, or at least are in, you know, the same conference. In recent memory, relative to recent, I should say like thirty years, these are the only times I can think of in college football where it was like legit rivals playing international title games. Depending on how you want to classify it, we can do the two times that Alabama and Georgia played, where they're not in the same division, and technically they a lot of times go long stretches without playing each other, and it's definitely not the biggest rival regained historically for either one of them. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to say they are because they're in the same conference, I'd allow it, and I think that's okay, but I wouldn't really say that they were sure before that i think the last time was that rematch between lsu and alabama yeah which in a lot of ways you know alabama fans then feel like we do now at south dakota state i mean well not exactly because they'd won a couple other they'd won in 2009 at least but you yep. know there's that example the only other one i can think of in our lifetimes is it 1996 when Florida State beat Florida at the end of the regular season and then Nebraska lost the Big 12 title game Arizona State lost in the Rose Bowl so the Sugar Bowl between Florida and Florida State became the national title game Mm. and Florida won the rematch and it was the year that Danny Warfel won the Heisman Trophy and the only only national title Steve Spurrier won and uh, but as far as I can remember I think those are the only national title like oh these are Two rivals playing for a national title that I can think of. Yep.
0: Well like on the so, like on the March Madness side of it, we had UNC and Duke last year, but in the final four. That wasn't the national championship. Um, I think Louis did Louisville and Kentucky play in the national championship? I believe that was just a final four game as well. I think that was down. In I New think Orleans. it was
3: the final four, but I'm not positive on that. I
0: think it was just the final four in the semifinals there, so not the national championship. So, we've seen rivalries get close to this stage, but.
3: Like, it, the only one I can think of, yeah. and I mean, this was a long time ago, and this is another one like Alabama and Georgia, where it's just that they were in the same conference, so I'm sure they didn't like each other. But when Villanova and Georgetown did in the 80s, and Villanova upset Georgetown, yeah. which I don't, that may have even been longer than. I don't remember. I know it was in the 80s, I don't remember when, though. Yeah. Um, but long story short, just to say that it doesn't happen very often, but you're like, hey, we're legitimately in, in South Dakota State, North Dakota States, at worst, the second biggest rival for the schools. I mean, we could debate whether it's USD or North Dakota State for us and whether it's North or SDSU or North Dakota for NDSU, but like a legit, we hate each other and like we really want to beat them because they're, we don't want to have to deal with them winning. Yep. Like, I think Florida State and Florida is the only one really, really, really like that in our lifetime.
0: Yep, and to your point, Villanova-Georgetown, that was in 1985. I want to just see what conference... So
3: that's before I was born, yep.
0: too. Yep, uh, I just want to see what uh, villain, uh, conference Villanova was in at that time. I, maybe they were Big East rivals, so... I thought they
3: were both in the Big East. Probably, then, but they maybe, probably uh, were.
0: Um, I'll, I'll get that here in a second, but yeah, I think, you know, to your point on, like, is this the biggest rivalry? I feel like SDSU, you're you're always going to have that rivalry with your in-state rival, but because of... It,
3: more the- specifically, I should say, in, in football, I think it's definitely North Dakota State. If we're talking, like, in all sports, then it gets a little more muddled water with things. But I think it's absolutely SDSU it, for football, and there's just no way it's not going to be... It must one of the two teams falls way off soon.
0: Right. And I, th- I think, you know, just from that standpoint, like SDSU and NDSU came into Division One together back in 2004 2005, whenever they did it. Um,
3: 2004, fall of 04, because it was my first year at South Dakota State. There we go. And, and that uh, was their to, first year as the Division One team.
0: To, to confirm, yep, it is the Big East Conference that Villanova was in in 1984 as well. So that's a, probably like the most apt comparison, and I think that we can – have at least college basketball-wise. You know, I think you're always going to have that rival with your in-state rival, uh, if you have it. You know, like Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina, you know, so on and so forth.
3: But... Because... SDSU and San Diego State. Yes.
0: Did you see there's a petition going on to try and get that game going? I I wanted... They
3: absolutely should get that game going and have it be like an early game for both of them. Yep. And whoever wins gets to be SDSU. Yes. In anything all year. And my joke is that the losing team doesn't be, you know, SDST or anything like that. The losing team has to be FART the rest of the year. (laughs) It's like, sorry... You lost. Your I don't care if it's on,
0: I don't care if it's on CBS Sports Network or Fox Sports One, but that game sh- needs to happen, and hopefully, it will here at some point. Just to make everyone, you know, the broadcasting networks' heads explode. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just given the level of success, and I I've heard this comparison, and I don't I, I don't necessarily think that it's True, but everyone's like, Oh, NDSU's the big brother and SDSU's the little brother, and oh we kept we keep beating you, you know, blah blah blah. I, I really don't think that that's necessarily the the case. I don't I guess I don't really I, like that analogy, but if you're I think it's Go ahead.
3: To an extent I think it's true. I think it's a lot less true now than it was in like two thousand and thirteen. Sure. Like, I, I think, in, in two, you know, because I know the, the two years I worked in the SID office, which were unfortunately the only two years South Dakota State's had a losing record as a Division One team. But you go, and I don't remember exactly which years North Dakota State won national finals. Um, and if you don't know this, that's fine. Do you remember off the top of your head which year it was that South Dakota State first made the Final Four? and lost in Boston, the semifinals to, I think it was James Madison. I do
0: remember because it was, they, they lost to James Madison. They had, what, seven or eight turnovers. That was on the day Noah was born. So December uh, 16th, 2017.
3: All right, so I'm glad that you knew that because this makes this easy. So that, that when, at that point in time, that was the best team SDS you'd had. They'd never made it that far.
0: Yeah, yep, that I think Jake if we McKinley go and... a
3: year before that yep, to 2016, I think even through 2016, if you wanted to say North Dakota State was the big brother and South Dakota State was the little brother, I think it would be fair because there had been a lot – not a lot of times, but sometimes that, you know, oh, hey, SDSU did win in the regular season, but then they had to play in Fargo in the playoffs and they ended up losing. And I think making – even though they didn't win, making the national title game in the spring of 2021 – didn't completely change that, but kind of did. Yep. And I think beating them twice this year, like, again, I'm not going to say it's absolutely fabricated and there's no truth to it at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot less true now, though, because what, what is it, South Dakota State's won, like, four in a row now?
0: Four in a row, three Dakota markers and one national championship.
3: Yeah, it's it's difficult to be like, sorry, you're the little brother, Where it's like, well... I mean, we just beat you for the national title, and we've won four in a row. Well, that's what you I'm. Was... You've got a fair amount of players on North Dakota State's team that have never beat South Dakota State in football before. Well, and, th- and
0: that's why I wondered, like, if that's a good analogy because I think now the NDSU some NDSU fans may be saying, "Well, you know, we're not, you know, the big brother. You're not the little brother. We don't like using it." But they probably used that before. And I guess what I would also look at that is like if you're going to look at the totality of it, I guess across the, you know. NDSU doesn't support women's basketball a whole lot, even though NDSU's women's basketball team is awfully good this year. They went down to Vermilion and beat USD uh, this last weekend. So I, I do wonder if, like, if you're looking at the totality of between the universities, like, oh, big brother versus little brother, well, SDSU's basketball and NDSU men's basketball have had relatively – uh, like the same amount of success. Yes, NDSU technically has two NCAA tournament wins. SDSU has none. But the Summit League ch- championships have been back and forth. The women's basketball team has been really, really good at SDSU for years. So that that big brother, little brother, if if you're just looking at it from the football side of it or you're looking at it from the athlete, collegiate athletics side in totality, then then it gets a little bit of the muddy water. So I, that's the one issue I have with the analogy, I guess, is if you're looking at just one specific aspect of it or if you're looking at athletics in total, then it's far more comparable.
3: I think they're probably looking at it just from a football standpoint. But yeah, athletics overall, no. And even if we're talking just football, like when Michigan says that about Michigan State, it's because Michigan State's done this for like sixty years, and I know that you know South Dakota State and North Dakota State were in the same conference when they were Division two teams. I don't know a great deal about this, and I haven't looked it up. I'm assuming South North Dakota State wasn't regularly you know going on nine game winning streaks against South Dakota State though. Probably. Not. If that was the case, then it's true, but. And, and I know I think they want. I think they want a couple, and their you won a couple of Division Two national titles. Yep. But yep. but again, yeah, it's not it's not a case of like oh hey, guess what? You know, from 1957 to 1989, South Dakota State only won eight times. I mean, it's not one of those. Exactly,
0: exactly, and again. North Dakota State is what SDSU aspires to be because they have the nine national championships. And I'm not saying they're going to get to that point. But right now, we're basking in this one national championship that we have. It's so sweet to do it against their rivals. Uh, in part, to kind of just shut them up and say like, hey, maybe there is a, 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 maybe a slight changing of the guard here. And more so, It, it that's why I say it just means more with it being the first national championship and with it being against your rival it's it just means a lot more at least to me that's the opinionated side of it but there are certainly factual things that you can state that that make it uh, a big deal as well
3: I'm going to ask you a question here stack and yes. tell me what team I'm describing okay seems been really good for a you know 10 to 15 years most of the time Really gets good players on their roster But they just for a long time Just couldn't get things done And sometimes it was embarrassing And they'd lose to other teams in their conference They didn't think they should lose still But until recently they didn't win a national title And that really changed their outlook on things What team did I just describe? (sighs) I
0: was going to say South Dakota I'm going to give you but... – it's a
3: trick question because I want you to think South Dakota State, Yeah, I and I worded yep. it in a specific way to make it sound like it could be. Yep. I was actually describing Georgia football right now. Hey, there you go. So I will say this. What if, and we've come to a weird thing where, you know, I, Georgia beat one of their rivals, Alabama, just two years ago to win the national title. What if whatever happens to Georgia, just SDSU does the following – so what if that means that SDSU goes 15 out next year and doesn't play North Dakota State and plays someone and just beats them, you know, maybe not 65-7, to but wins 50-14, to and it's just, hey, Georgia's going to be really good in whatever they do. South Dakota State just magically does the same thing the following year in FCS.
0: That would be nice. If that's
3: the case, I'd never get sick of Georgia winning. I'd be like, great, we can book tickets to Frisco, South Dakota State's winning the national final again right. next year.
0: I do want to point out that NDSU did have a 17-game win streak against SDSU from 1965 to 1976
3: to 1992. Well, that hurts, and yep. I wish that wouldn't have happened.
0: Yep, and, and maybe
3: there's a bit more truth to it, but and you know the, what? It's not true now. It's the, not true now because SDSU's the national champ, so they beat North Dakota State four times in a row.
0: Well, let me just add to the more to the misery here. From 1964 to 2001, SDSU won only four times.
3: Okay, so it was even worse than the hypothetical example yes. I, gave, I made I'm up. Sorry. They I, won I, fewer I, times, and it was even over a longer stretch of time. Yeah.
0: So they've had they had a, a large stretch of dominance. Also, South there. Dakota
3: State won the first time they were Division One schools in 2004. I do know that because I remember watching it in person. Yes.
0: Yep. So
3: that's, that's the first one that really mattered. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're looking at like since the FCS merger, the Dakota Marker Series, uh, the Trophy Series, NDSU leads ten to nine. Um. So they have that. But SDSU leads the national championship cha- uh, games one to nothing. So there we go. So NDSU certainly has had the, the uh, they have a 63-46-5 lead overall in the series. So. Say that again? 63-46-5. That's NDSU versus SDSU all time.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's not great, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. After you told me they only won four times for thirty-five years or whatever. Well, yeah.
0: Yep. I mean, if we're looking back at like the SDSU back in the early twentieth century, they won. NDSU won the first ever matchup against these two teams, eighty-five to nothing, back on November thirtieth, nineteen o three. They didn't play again until nineteen o seven. SDSU won that game eleven to nothing. NDSU won the following year eleven to five, and then SDSU. Uh, Went on a streak of uh, eight consecutive wins with one tie in there. And there's also, well, I guess they essentially from 1909 to 1929, so 20 year span, there were three ties and SDSU only lost once.
3: So, I mean, I've always said those were the most important years in American history.
0: <laughs> and uh, for SDSU football as well, apparently. So so there you go. Um, each team has had their their kind of streak of games. But to your point, too, regarding the, the Big Brother thing, as NDSU did win the Dakota marker every year from 2010 to 2015 with a couple of playoff games in there um, as well um, in 2012 and
3: 2014. Sorry. I buy that. I, so those playoff losses really do sting.
0: They do. They do. But
3: but less so now after Sunday. It does.
0: And, again, I'm not trying to – again, I want to just reiterate it here. I'm not talking about all NDSU fans. But there are those out there that are – obnoxious and making excuses now and stuff and to that i can say hey it doesn't matter right now because we are the champions my friends
3: true and you know who did not keep fighting till the end north dakota state They gave up.
0: <laughs> no they did not no they i did mean not.
3: some of their coaching staff seemed like they did when they when they didn't go for two but
0: it may have and we can only hope that the the dominance continues. Again, it will not. I know that. But uh, right now, we're just going to bask in the glory of this national championship. Any other thoughts on this game here or anything else in general before we say so long?
3: The only other thing, uh, I know that they had their uh, ceremony in Brookings tonight. A mm-hmm. uh, little plug for myself. We have a sports leader tab that comes out every other month. Since we're a weekly paper, we don't have enough space to routinely put feature stories in. So we have a sports leader tab that comes out every other month that has usually four feature stories, mm-hmm. sometimes three if one of them's really long. But one of them is going to be on Northwest Iowa graduates who won a national title for South Dakota State, Ooh. and I talked I talked to both uh, Garrett Greenfeld and uh, Ryan Van Merrill. Who was the defensive tackle that had that tackle for loss on that North Dakota State trick play for like a nine yard loss? Excellent. Uh, thank you to uh, South Dakota State SID Jason Hove, who uh, got me in connect or got me connected with both of them on Tuesday night. Can you imagine? So I've already about, done the interviews. I just have to write out the the story. But a week from Saturday, so not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday. It will be in the uh the northwest iowa review a story do you think on two northwest sick. iowa guys that won the national title
0: that is awesome that is awesome so yeah definitely take a look at that you said a week from this saturday
3: a week from saturday okay. yep so that will be let's see what's this saturday the it
0: will be the it'll be the uh 21st january 21st then, yeah
3: 21st is when it comes yeah that's yeah. when it will uh run in the paper very
0: cool and do you think hovis slept at all since sunday
3: that's a good question. I think it's quite possible that he is not. He might not sleep until basketball season's over. Now, I, yeah,
0: I, I, he has just got to be. If I'm if I'm on cloud nine and jumping in the snowbanks, I'm pretty sure Hove is on uh, on on planet sunshine.
3: There's just, <laughs> true.
0: There it, There's planet no
3: sunshine there. plus.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Like Hulu plus plus plus. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charlie, uh, I always appreciate the time. Uh, this was a great conversation. We got to, uh, you know, celebrate together this SDSU championship, and uh, it's, uh, it's sad that the college football season has come to an end. But you always have an open invitation, and whenever you want to come on the podcast, you just let me know. I'll get you on. Uh, but um, if not, then we'll uh, we'll talk uh, when college football season comes. Uh, around the bend, which will be in in August, it'll be here before we know it.
3: It will be, and I've got to say, stacking of these uh, college football seasons over and farewell for a while. This was the most gratifying
0: one. Oh, for sure, for sure. I absolutely agree. By the way, should we give a shout out to the Division Three? And uh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not, that was so like last year. So we're not talking about Grand Valley or whoever won the D three title and D two and JUCO, whatever. We're just,
3: I wish I could bottle up the smell of how it feels to win on Sunday and sell that to South Dakota State fans, because I could get rich off.
0: Of I sure could. Um, well, there were a lot of fans that were there that probably could do that on their own. Um, by the way, the, the game's got Marcus get,
3: Traxler was there. I, I'm assuming he enjoyed his time there. I but hope so. I've I'd not have, talked to him since then.
0: But. I have not either. They have to move this game back to Saturday, too. You can't have it compete with the NFL. Only a, a Barely a million people watched it. For as big of a rivalry game as this, you or as big of a national championship game as this was, and granted, you're not going to get this every year, but you got to put it on a Saturday. It's dumb to have it compete against the NFL.
3: Well, it was easy to put it on Saturday. Just put it on at 11.30 or noon, yeah. central time, yep. and it's the lead-in to the Chiefs game. Exactly. And, I mean, it's, it's it's easy, and they didn't do that, and I don't know why, but it seems dumb as hell. I don't know who from ABC was like, you know what? I am we have less people watch. Let's put it up against the final the final week of the irregular season in the NFL. Yeah. That'll dip. And you know what? They maybe drew a handful of 1,000 people away, but not the hundreds of thousands or millions that they wanted
0: to. I, I feel the fact that it, it got a million like, uh, people watching is really good. On a Sunday against, you know, the last week of the NFL and, you know, there's playoff positioning and whatnot. But, yeah, why would you do this on a Sunday? You put it on a Saturday, like you say, you a, can A leave Sunday it
3: up against a whole slate of games. Yes. If, if, yes. if there was, let's just say for hypothetically, if it was a weird like, oh, hey, we're having like wild card games. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there's not one on at noon and we're only going to have two on Sunday at, like, 3.30 and 7. Yep. Then I'd be like, yeah, fine, you could do it then at Exactly. But exactly. don't do it. I mean, I like college football more than the NFL, but they're more talented in the NFL. That's why it's the NFL. And any casual person is going to be like, well, clearly I'm going to watch the NFL game.
0: And it's not like this is the FBS, you know, the college football playoff national championship. It's the FCS. So it's a level, like, it's the second level of college football. So it's not even like you're getting those Georgia and Michigan fans to, like, this is this is the lower level of college football, and it's the Dakota. Like, if you want people to watch, put it in a better window slot. It's got to go back to Saturday next year.
3: And it's not like it was hard to do. They easily – and, like, look, if, if the last half hour or 40 minutes – you know, coincided with the start of an NFL game, so be it. It ended up being a blowout. I think a lot of people were changed to that anyways. But it seems, like, this almost seems like someone who didn't understand sports and was just a lawyer was like, oh, hey, how about we put it on Sunday so we have some programming, too. It's like, well, we're going to get fewer people on Sunday. It's like, well, yeah, but we'll take some away from CBS and Fox. It's like, well, but you get a lot more if you did it on Saturday when you're the only thing that's on then.
0: Exactly. I want to just see what the um...
3: stacking. It, it's the equivalent of when you're playing Wheel of Fortune, and you know there's three Rs in the puzzle, and you spin it and you land on thirty five hundred, and you're like, you know what? Let's not do all three Rs. Let's be safe and let's just do the one, the one P, and get my thirty five hundred for P, and then I'll use my three Rs when it's on six hundred. Yeah. It's like no, that's not how you do this. Exactly. You need to take R when it's on thirty five hundred get your 10500 and then you solve the puzzle right there and it's over. You don't have to you don't have to even spin again. You take your 10.5 and say well let's move on to the next round.
0: Exactly. You know, you are absolutely 100% right on that. I want to just see what uh, what did we have on here at I mean, I I, I should find it. Yeah, ABC had the Chiefs Raiders game on at three thirty. So why won't yeah? Why wouldn't you put this game on at eleven thirty to make sure that it doesn't go like bump up against the NFL and yeah, have it at eleven thirty.
3: Even if it did, even if you started at noon, that's almost the end. I mean, that's other than the last half hour is all fine. Brad, and still, yeah,
0: that's bad. It, it's just that that's bad, bad, bad. Um.
3: I mean, was program. there some bet between all these executives that someone from ABC lost, so they had to put it on a Sunday? i, I mean, is that what happened? I don't know. You got uh, at least make sense that.
0: Well, you better talk to Bob Iger. He is the new. He's the the head of Disney again. So um, and maybe Mr. Iger had uh, had something for this.
3: Maybe I don't know. It was dumb,
0: though. It sure was. I, you know,
3: stacking people should just consult you and be on this stuff. Uh, when you really think about it, it a lot should. of people really make dumb. Like this, I like, this like joking aside. I don't want to pretend like I would be good at setting the schedule on TV. But there are times where it's like, are these people really good, or do they just know less than all sorts of other people and somehow accidentally fall yeah. fell into this job.
0: I feel you know my dream job. I I don't know if you know this or not. It's to
3: to be the NFL scheduler. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep. You know it. Uh, So I I feel like I would work really well with schedules, and so I think that yeah. Look, you know, just look at your TV programming and say like, yeah, this is when we need to schedule this game. It seems like it would be easier. um, Easier said than done for me, but.
3: Also, NFL schedule, this is one thing I feel like they should do no matter what every year, and should definitely do it now that they all play an extra game, is that you should play one team from the other division or the other conference every year no matter what, and it should always be, for the most part, when you can do it. The team that's geographically close to you. The Jets and the Giants should play every year, yep. and if it's that fourth year when it's the NFC East against the AFC East, Then have that extra game just be someone else in your own conference. You don't have to do a second one. Sure, But it seems dumb to me that, you know, the Eagles and the Steelers don't play every year. The Jets and the Giants don't play every year. Even though they're in Vegas now, I think the Raiders and the 49ers should play every year. Yeah, The Buccaneers should play at least the Dolphins or the Jags. It doesn't have to be both, but it should be one of them. And then you start doing this, and all of a sudden it's like, well, that's half of them. We might as well do it with the rest of them because it's going to make some interesting matchups then. And they don't do it, and they're leaving money on the table because other than beating teams in their own division, you know who the Giants would want to beat most? They'd want to beat the Jets fans the most. So they don't have to wait, sit around and be like, oh, my God, the Jets fans just keep talking about how they beat us. I don't want to have to go to work with all my Jets fans talking about how they beat us again this year. What
0: what would uh, Frankenstein say in uh, in, uh, Big Daddy? goddamn
3: Jets. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> i give you a standing ovation. And the Chargers
3: back. and the Rams should play every year. Exactly.
0: I don't know who the Vikings would play. It might have to be the Chiefs. And
3: I- yeah, like I said, there's some that aren't perfect, but I mean, even then, I mean, Chiefs and, and Vikings have been good enough at times that I think it would be quickly, you know, not right away, but within seven or eight years, it would be like, oh, yeah, we definitely don't want to lose to this team. All right. they mean, that one means a lot to me specifically, living growing up in Sioux City, which was basically like halfway between Minneapolis and Kansas City. Yep. So there were a lot of both Chiefs and Vikings fans that they go to Balladine School.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna put this exercise here together right now, so we have you know because it should be easy to do. So we have the Steelers against the Eagles, Giants against easy. the Jets, Dallas against Houston, the Battle of yep. Texas,
3: same state, easy one. Yep.
0: LAC versus LAR, so that makes perfect sense there. Because um, you used to have Chiefs versus Rams, but you can't do that anymore. Uh, so we have that there. Uh, who else could we do? Like you said, man, I think maybe Miami against Tampa would be good. And then you could just do Jacksonville.
3: The two longer Florida teams playing each other. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: then you do Jacksonville against Atlanta because they're close together. How about Carolina versus Tennessee?
3: Ooh, yeah, that's good.
0: They're, they're they're fairly close to one another. Uh, that I mean,
3: Carolina gets South Carolina fans too, so you've essentially got Tennessee and and uh, and South Carolina who are conference opponents. Then yep. in the SEC, and, and that's the other thing is that a lot of this stuff then ends up being kind of like college football in some ways, where it's just like, oh, this is our you know like the SEC ACC non-conference end of the year stuff. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what I think we. You know, you couldn't do it the last game of the season, but you could do it the second or third to last game of the season.
0: You have Baltimore versus Washington. So that's that's an easy one. That's an easy one to do. And then I think it starts getting a little more difficult after that. Um, You could do San Francisco versus Vegas. You
3: know, keep that. I feel like they should, just because even though they're not now, they were in the same area for so long.
0: Yep. So with that we have 4 6 8 10 12 14 16 18 teams. So we have 14 teams left that you would need to find a rivalry for um, which could be a little could be a little difficult but we we could figure something out I would think.
3: I would think so too. I mean if anything you just I mean there's a few cases here at there where it wouldn't work. You would just start being like, well, who's in the NFC North and the AFC North? We're going to start pairing them up that way.
0: Yep. Like Minnesota-Cincinnati, Green Bay-Cleveland, or Green Bay-Kansas City. Yeah, there are ways to do it. I, I agree with you. I agree. Wish they would come to us for this stuff, Charlie. We, we, we would make millions.
3: We really would. And well, they should.
0: Yeah, they should. For sure. But as it is, they, they do not, so for now, we will say so long, uh, but like I said, whenever you want to come on the podcast, you just let me know, but if we don't talk, I know we'll talk outside of this, but uh, if we don't talk again on the podcast, I'll have you on in August to, to preview another college football season. All
3: right. Sounds good, stacking. I enjoyed talking college football this season again.
0: I did as well. Uh, Bull Bound or Not will be back next year. Uh, when Will they will be back next year. The, the fans love it and the fans also love a Jackrabbit championship. So uh, hopefully another one. I just
3: thought of something new, yes. and this maybe, I don't know, I think SCSU still has a non-conference game to fill. Yes, So this, yep. this potentially won't last long if San they play Diego someone State. really, really good. But we could also start the the one, how long has it been since South Dakota State last lost in football?
0: Oh, boy. Oh,
3: so Especially if they start winning early, because they're on a streak now, and the way the FCS works outside of the uh, – the Ivy Leagues and the uh, historically black colleges. Everyone else it's either you win the national title or you don't make the playoffs or you lose in the playoffs for the most part.
0: I I don't want to – I can't do that because then it it just – it invites the jinx to happen and they lose a game they shouldn't.
3: No, that's fair. I get that.
0: I'm very superstitious in that regard. I'm also looking up uh, San Diego State football right now. Oh, ooh. San Diego State has an opening on 9-2, I believe.
3: That one. I think South Dakota State also does.
0: Yes, they do. They're looking to fill it. Now, San Diego State's playing Idaho State uh, in week zero. And then they have an off week. Let's maybe fill that off. I mean,
3: we could we can get South Dakota State going to San Diego State. I believe there's a role that FCS teams can't host, FBS teams. Because the thought is that the stadiums aren't large enough to hold enough people that would want to go but so if we can't do it at sdr at south dakota state they could either play at san diego state or they could go neutral site go in vegas i don't play in las vegas on september 2nd
0: i don't care where they play i i let's go let's just go to san diego uh when's their other bye week i don't know um that's the only difficult part because you'd have to have two bye weeks but let's figure it out or maybe they just cancel idaho state and Fill in with South Dakota State September 2nd. Let's do it. Works for me. Let's get it going. All right. Very good, my friend. Always appreciate the time, Charlie. Continue to bask in the glow of this national championship game. I think I've only said that about a dozen times, but I'm going to continue to say it. Just enjoy the, the high off of this, and we'll talk to you later, my friend. All right. See you later, buddy. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand uh, from the Northwest Eye Review, kind enough to spend a, quite a bit of time with us talking about the Jackrabbits and Georgia winning the national championships. I just love it. Just, love it. again, I'm not going to try and be that, that high. mind. just presenting facts. And, yeah, we're just going to take advantage of this as long as we possibly can with the Jackrabbits beating the Bison. For the national championship, and we are going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block podcast, as we always do during football season, with a look back at the previous week and make some early picks for uh, this week, the wild card round. So, week eighteen, it began Saturday. We had the doubleheader. The Chiefs went to Vegas. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders thirty-one to thirteen. Uh, they jumped out to 24 lead. They had this really cool play where everyone was just spinning in a circle and then came out in a wildcat formation. I mean, it, that's that was really cool. It's you know Andy Reid and Chiefs esque, so very cool there. Um, the uh, the 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 Chiefs ultimately prevailed, 31 13. Then on Saturday night we had the battle for the AFC South, which should have been in the Sunday night uh, window on NBC. Don't know why it wasn't. That was a mistake by the league there. But the Jaguars get the win over the Tennessee Titans 20-16. It wasn't a great game for the Jaguars' offense. But they get a, uh, the defense came to play, especially in the second half, and they get a forced fumble on uh, Tennessee Titans quarterback Joshua Dobbs. And they return it all the way for a touchdown. Josh Allen did. The Jaguars' Josh Allen. And they get the 2016 win and win the AFC South. Congratulations to the Wires. On Sunday, the Falcons beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30 17. Buck starters played for a little while. They had a 17 10 lead. Put the backups in. Falcons took advantage. They win the game. Finished 7 10 on the year. Tampa Bay wins the NC South at 8 9. Bills very emotional, of course, with what happened last Monday night to DeMar Hamlin. Um, they get a kickoff. Ret- the opening kickoff was returned for a touchdown by Naheem Hines. He actually had a second one later in the contest just incredible just how that all worked out the the Bills get the win 35-23 over New England New England doesn't make the playoffs they finish the year 8-9 Buffalo 13-3 they will be the two seed in the AFC playoffs Bengals are the three seed they beat the Baltimore Ravens they did not want it to come down to a coin flip they win 27-16 Joe Burrow was good uh, they jumped out to a big lead. It was like 17-7. Then they force a fumble and recovered in the end zone for a touchdown, 24-7 at that point. Anthony Brown got the start for the Ravens in this one. No Tyler Huntley, no Lamar Jackson. He did his best, but the Ravens ultimately couldn't do it here, and the Bengals get the win. The Houston Texans, when is a win a loss? Well, how about when your win knocks you out of the number one uh, pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And that's what happened to the Texans here. They were trailing 31-24 to the Indianapolis Colts. They convert a 4th and 20 for a touchdown. Go for two. They get it. They win 32-31 and now have the second overall pick. Who has that first overall pick? That would be the Minis- or the Chicago Bears. They start Nathan Peterman and lose to the Minnesota Vikings 29-13. And they now have the number one overall pick draft pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Vikings played their starters for about a half. A lot of reserves come in in the second half. They still get the win, and they are in the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins and New York Jets supposedly played a football game. It was awful. The Dolphins win 11-6. No touchdowns in this game. Pitchy-pitchy-woo-woo at the end uh, costs uh, betters with the Jets fumbling and the Dolphins uh, getting that safety. Dolphins are in the playoffs. Jets finish the year 7-10. Panthers get the win over the Saints, 10-7. Both teams finish 7-10 on the year. Kind of ironic. you know. They finish with the same record, and the score was 10-7. So 7s and 10s all in that game. Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns twenty-eight to fourteen. Deshaun Watson had a couple of touchdown passes, a couple interceptions for the Browns. Steelers defense came to play. They they scored when they needed to. They to win twenty-eight to fourteen. But because of the Dolphins win, the Steelers are no longer in the playoff picture. They they miss the playoffs. Philadelphia Eagles are the one seed in the NFC. They beat the New York Giants 22-16. Giants didn't really play any of their starters. Still had a chance to win at the end. Davis Webb scored a t- on a nice touchdown run with a little angry run there. Didn't win on Good Morning Football with Kyle uh, Brandt and company. But uh, ultimately, the the Eagles recover an onside kick, and they win 22-16. Jalen Hurts did not play that well in this one, but did play and uh, do enough to lead the Eagles to the one seed in the NFC playoffs. Dallas Cowboys had a shot at the one seed and they just completely laid an egg against the Washington Commanders, who were starting rookie Sam Howell at quarterback. Commanders get the win 26-6, Cowboys limping into the playoffs, not playing good football at all. Chargers played their starters, and it may cost them a little bit with Mike Williams and Joey Bosa both getting injured or nicked up in this game. Uh, They should be able to play in the playoffs game uh, this weekend, but... Ultimately, Denver wins 31 28. Russell Wilson has three touchdowns in this one. Los Angeles Rams were hoping to knock the Seattle Seahawks out of playoff contention. They had a 16 13 lead. They actually had a 13 6 lead in the game. Seattle kept uh, coming back. They force overtime. And Baker Mayfield throws an interception. Seattle gets in field goal range. Myers kicks the game winning field goal. And the Seahawks win 19 16. J.J. Watt played his last ever game on Sunday. Arizona Cardinals lose to the 49ers 38-13. The 49ers are the two-seed in the NFC playoffs. And then Sunday night football, the Detroit Lions be eliminated from playoff contention because the Seahawks win over the Rams less than an hour before kickoff. They go into Green Bay and they beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers 20-16. Some gutsy play calling in the second half, including going forward on 4th and 1 to seal the game Uh, Kirby Johnson picks off, or Joseph, excuse me, Kirby Joseph picked off Aaron Rodgers again in this one. His third interception of Rodgers on the year, and the Packers are not in the playoffs. They finish 8-9. The Lions finish 9-8. And let's go to the playoff picture here. So let's let's just start it out here with wild card. It's super wild card weekend. It begins Saturday, 4:30 p.m. Eastern, 3:30 p.m. Central Time, on Fox. It is the seven-seeded Seattle Seahawks against the two-seed San Francisco 49ers. I I, I gotta go San Francisco. San Francisco looks so good with Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and that defense. Sorry, Seattle, I don't see it happening here. I think the 49ers win easily. Then Saturday night, the the 4-5 matchup in the AFC playoffs. The LA Chargers 10-7 against the 9-8 Jacksonville Jaguars. I think, honestly, the winner of this game, I think, has the potential to do some major damage and upset a team in the divisional round. I really believe that. Both these teams are playing good football right now. I'm going to give the edge to Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I like the Chargers' defense a little bit more than I do the Jaguars. And I just like Herbert and company a little bit more. But this should be a hell of a game. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Then on Sunday, we get a 7-2 matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Don't know if Tua Tagovailoa is playing at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Regardless, The Buffalo Bills playing for DeMar Hamlin, and they're just the better team, taking Buffalo for the win. Six-seeded Giants in the NFC against the three-seed Minnesota Vikings. 4.30 or 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 or 3.40 p.m. Central Time on Fox. These two teams just played on Christmas Eve. The Vikings won that 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph. I am inclined to say that the Vikings will win but this will not be easy their offensive lines in shambles a little bit with those injuries against the Packers Vikings please don't don't let the don't let your fans down I'm going with the Vikings but do not be surprised if the Giants get the win here the other 6-3 matchup in the AFC Sunday night football 8:15 p.m. Eastern 7:15 p.m. Central time on time on NBC just a rematch of a week 18 game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals same place yeah, absolutely. In Cincinnati, don't know who the Ravens are starting at quarterback. Is it Lamar Jackson? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Regardless, I'm going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals for the win. And then Monday Night Football, the 4-5 matchup in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys, the 5-seed against the 4-seeded Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8-15 p.m. Eastern, seven fifteen p.m. Central Time on ESPN. I thought the Cowboys were going to win this game uh, for a while, but given how they've looked the last few weeks, Tampa Bay may just have enough in them to get the win here. Um, they seem to be healthy. The resting guys, I think Tampa Bay gets the win here over Dallas. And those are your wild card, your super wild card round picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. And that will do it for me for this week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ndstackin, Facebook Nathan Stackin. Charlie on Twitter at C.E. hildebrand, Travis on Twitter at Travis Krenz. Link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Podcast is available on podcast.com and on iTunes. And again, congratulations to the University of Georgia for winning the national championship. But especially congratulations to the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits on winning your first FCS national championship! Congratulations, Coach John Stegelmeyer! Congratulations to Reese Winkleman, Marshall's own. Uh, congratulations to Mark Gronowski and everyone on the GoJacks team. Marcus Traxler's brother coaching, uh, you know, grad assistant, whatever. He's got a connection to the to the football program. So, congratulations to them all. You made Jackrabbit Nation very proud, and we are ecstatic that you beat the NDSU Bison, for your first ever national championship. So congratulations to everyone there. I uh, Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Tune in again next week. We'll have plenty of reaction to the NFL playoffs. See what else is going on in the NFL head coaching ranks. We'll see if Carlos Correa is actually a Minnesota twin by next week. We'll see if that actually happens, but for now, it is. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Walk Podcast. Go big, go blue, go jacks.